We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is unfortunately not here. He's out on assignment this week. But Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, be most support peer review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 497. 497. We are getting there to 500. That is, that's a lot of episodes. Uh, but this week we are talking Jurassic World Dominion. No colon. Um, very, very important distinction. Wait, there's no colon? There's no colon. No colon. I've yeah. been spelling it with a colon. Oh, You've been spelling it wrong. How wrong you been, sir? I am a fool. Uh, this isn't no Jurassic World colon fallen kingdom. This is no <laughs> The Lost World colon Jurassic World. Yeah, this is just J-Dub-D's. Uh, like, mission colon impossible dash ghost dead, protocol. Dead reckoning parentheses <laughs> it, part one and parentheses. It, it should be Dominion colon Jurassic World. I think. That was, yeah. Really that screw was, around with it. Yeah. <laughs> Dominion colon or, Jurassic or, World. Well, if we want to go by, like, franchise logic, it should have been, you know, Jurassic World, The Fallen uh, Kingdom, the, the Fallen Kingdom colon Jurassic World, and, but, and then Jurassic Jurassic World V1. V-I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that, because this franchise is flawless. So it's Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> um,. Okay, so now that we got the punctuation out of the way, I have a couple of guests with me to discuss <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> Hearing them already, I think you might have an idea. But we have, from Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, oddly popping off a couple extra buttons on his shirt while grabbing some blueprints, it's Jay Cluett. Hello. Hi, Jay. I'm here. Hey. Also joining us from the Deep Blue Sea podcast, as well as movie, films, and flicks, the lead researcher of Giant Locust, as well as Quetzalcoatlus, it's Mark Hoffmeyer. Where can I adopt a... Swimming chicken dinosaur. I think KFC <laughs> has something like that. Yeah, I uh, want one. I want a pyroraptor, but pyro it's a swimming. It's it's a swimming chicken dinosaur, and I want it because that thing is amazing. I don't I'm know how one. many times you have to go through this, Mark. But many times on the show, you said you wanted to get a tiger shark as a pet. I would. Established a that what? would kill you. That would kill you. A pyroraptor would kill you. You're making that... problems for your family members who survive they have to explain how did mark die that would be amazing pyroraptor there's so many questions mark adopted a pyroraptor and it ate him like that's a good story yeah vibes on that one (laughs) oh yeah yeah mark went to alaska every year and he eventually lost it and got in the grizzly maze but this was a pyroraptors and i have a fox and then oh well herzog do a documentary about me Undoubtedly, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm doing it. I want to see the Huffmeyer. <laughs> Just hanging out, watching Pyroraptors swim. I heard he was a happy man on the East Coast, and then he went to Alaska, and he adopted a dinosaur, and it did not go well. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got to protect the Pyroraptors. Like, they're doing a pretty good job of it in themselves. What I like about the Jurassic World Dominion episode is that it's already on rails. Um, yep. <laughs> so let's keep it that way and move into the rest of the episode before we get into more madness here. Uh, I'm happy to have you guys both. What on were you here. expecting? Happy honestly. to have this uh, this mashup of out now with the deep deep blue sea of the podcast. Um, where, where are you guys at? There with is that a colon days? and there is a colon in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll keep that in yeah, mind next time I say it. Where, where is where is that these days? Uh, we, we've just had our hundred and first episode. So, we did, so the hundredth one is the one you want to care about. There's only one way we could have celebrated the hundredth episode uh, is with. I'm sure you're familiar with the film Shark Night 3D. Yeah, of course, yes. 
Yes, and there is a music video at the end of that. I think I told you about yes, it. Yes, yes, you did. Yes. Uh, we we when we originally recorded an episode on it, Mark uh, was unable to make it because he just had a job. Uh, so uh, our regular guest Nick Rehack and I ripped the film apart a little bit, much to to Mark's chagrin. And we didn't know there was a music video at the end of it. One of our listeners told us. So the only way, only way we could do a hundredth episode was to do a Shark Night Redux. But really narrowing in on that shark bite music video written and directed by Dustin Milligan of Shit's Creek, uh, which <laughs> you could there's like an hour and 45 minute, no, hour and a half episode uh, dedicated to this four minute music video at the end of this credits. Mm-hmm. It goes off the rails. It's, it's, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it gets it goes places. It, yeah, it starts somewhere and ends a, a very, a very different, darker place. And we uh, also was, have shark bait episodes coming up too, and prison. So those yep. are fun. And uh, ghost ship has just oh, dropped. Ew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still still waiting for Deep Sea Four. We're still. I was about still to ask, what's the status update? And I know you guys are you have contact with the, the people producing these Deep Sea movies at this point. So. Yeah, uh, uh, John Poe, the director of Deep Sea Three and the writer for Ghost Ship, uh, has been on our show twice, and he he alluded to uh, uh, Deep Sea Four being released. Shark Week 2022, but given that he has just released a different film, uh, my hopes are not high that it's coming out this year. But okay. uh, well, we'll see. Keep your, fin- <laughs> keep your fins crossed, is what I say. Indeed, indeed. Let's well, uh, thanks, thanks for the deep Lucy update, guys. I'm very happy to get that uh, this, that exclusive on this podcast. Um, I <laughs> just want to get to some show notes real quick before we get to the rest of this stuff. Uh, first up, new commentary track. Uh, it is June, which means we have a new commentary track in the works, and uh, we know what it is. We're going to record it this week. In honor of the 40th anniversary of a classic Spielberg film, we will be talking E.T., the extraterrestrial. Um, so that's going to be a fun one. I, I have good feelings about how that's going to go. Um, so. They made one of those. It didn't make six. There's no six E.T. films. No E.T. Dominion. I, I, that's that's what it gets back to the Green Planet. It's like, what happened here? Um, but, I mean, I count the Universal ride as a sequel. Anyway, so oh, of course, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. Can you do me a favor? On that episode, on that commentary, can you yes. please answer whether E.T. is a better walker or John Travolta is a better walker? <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. And yeah. that's a good I'd... reminder for people to check out our face-off commentary, uh, which Mark Hoffmeyer was a guest on. Um, so yeah, E.T. commentary coming very soon. Uh, should be a lot of fun. What else? Of course, guys, Summer Movie Gamble X update. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's why we're here. <laughs> you I guys put are... Bob Burgers at number 10. I am a fool. I mean, Bob yeah. Burgers is number four right now. I mean, there's only so many movies coming out. It's not like it's out yeah. of the running here. It's still making money. It's not even in my Dark Horse picks. So. Well, regar- regardless, <laughs> what we're referring to is, of course, the Summer Movie Gamble, where uh, myself, Abe, and many guests of the show, including Jay and Mark, have chosen what hey. we think are going to be the highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic box office. And this week we had a big release, obviously, of Jurassic World Dominion, um, which the numbers.com also uses a colon on, and they're incorrect. Uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, so it opened to $143 million, uh, which is quite large. It's a it's bigger than uh, Top Gun Maverick's three-day opening. Um, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to top Top Gun Maverick, but it's just something to note. Um, it is a little lower than Fallen Kingdom. Um, but it's not like $143 billion in a three-day weekend, or a two, uh, sorry, a regular weekend is anything to scoff at. It's a, a large gross uh, that's certainly going to put it at the top, uh, near the top for the for the summer, whatever the results may be. Um, fun fact, um, <laughs> Jay and Mark, you both took Jurassic World th- um, at uh, number two, your number two picks. Uh, 
we have we've got identical lists apart from number ten. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They are pretty much. It was not planned. Lists. We did not not consult each other at all. Here's the fun thing about this, though, um, because so many of us put Jurassic World at number one. Most of us did. There's only so many that have Doctor Strange at number one, which you guys have Doctor Strange at number one. Because Top Gun is likely going to be the number one film, that means that by default, since everyone who put Doctor Strange as number one had Jurassic World at number two, you're probably going to get number uh, number two right by just by that by that chance. So that's uh, not a bad place to be. That gives you a, a good a good edge right there. Um, See, I am campaigning to prevent Top Gun from being number one because I haven't seen it, and I'm hope well, actually that wouldn't even affect its domestic. Oh, Could you just telling people you not to watch it? Like, is that? No, I, I just didn't see it. That's all. Are you on the side of the road with a sign? Like, do not watch it. Well, like, rent it. Go see Doctor Strange. Jay, Jay what I what I'm telling you is Doctor Strange is not going to be number one. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, that, I know what you're saying. I know, but what, what I'm telling you is you're in a good, you're in a better position now because you didn't choose Jurassic World at number one. So like, which I think uh... the, the year that I did well as a, a listener contributor was because I, I think it was Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I, there was another film that should have been number one. Everyone else put number one, I put number two. And somebody else, Wonder Woman was number one or something. And I did really well that year. And yeah, that's Wonder why I'm, was like, I'm a guest on the show. Wonder <laughs> Woman was the surprise that summer uh, as far as uh, topping the list. That uh, was that 2017? Um Watching yes. that in a theater was such a fun experience. That's right. I have the list right here. What am I? What am I doing? Um, yeah, most of us said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, all of us um, said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> so, yeah, Wonder Woman. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the big surprise. But yeah, um, so Jurassic World Dominion, 143 million uh, opening weekend. Top Gun. Still another fifty million added onto it this wow. weekend. Fifty million in its third week. Uh, that puts it at three ninety three uh, total. Uh, it's right up. It's right below Doctor Strange's at three ninety seven. So that's going to pass it in you know a day. Um, so Doctor Strange is going to have to settle for at least second, uh, probably third. Uh, Doctor Strange made four million. So, so just to make this clear, Jurassic World opened with one hundred forty three million. Top Gun opened with fifty million. Or sorry, held at number two with fifty million. Doctor Strange uh, took t- several steps back and made four million this weekend, which is oh, wild. It's not like Doctor Strange is not a giant hit. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just like wow, the lack of new movies <laughs> really being a big gulf uh, in between the number two and number three films <laughs> at the box office right now. And I so, feel like Doctor Strange and Jurassic World are, are similar audiences. Yeah, I would say. But I mean, I mean, Top Gun is claiming all of the audiences. That's yeah. the thing. Not all, not me. So what you're saying people, is, Jay, people that count, you know, Americans. Okay. that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> the most American thing you've ever said. Hey, Slow Ride's Fog Hat. Is, oh wait, wait. Slow Ride. Wait, Fog Hat. Fog Slow hat, Ride is in it. Got it. it. Yeah. So, are you saying that Doctor Strange and Jurassic World No Colon Dominion should feature fog, a Fog Hat song? Is that you what know, you're implying? It's surprising Doctor Strange does it because a big part of the first Doctor Strange was he was knocking out music tracks, like knowing the, the facts about yeah. all of them, right? And yeah. Like, Where is he doing? He's not doing that in this movie, apparently. Like. He's, he has he no could time to like Wong to Fog Hat this time. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like there should like the intro to Wong should have been him, you know, listening on his Air, it, AirPods to some Fog Hat, and then when like st- when Stuhlbarg like straddles up next to Doctor Strange at the at the wedding, Strange also puts on AirPods, just stops listening to him instead of getting a really poignant <laughs> scene and just starts like knocking out music track information. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to play around with time somehow or make a ride go slower. It's right there. They could. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
It'd be at one point one billion right now if it featured a song by Foghat. You know, I saw them live once and it was only the original drummer and the lead singer looked at me surprised that I actually knew the lyrics to the song Honey Hush. He looked over at me like, wait, is this happening? Does this guy really know the lyrics? People only know two of our songs. How does he know Honey Hush? Wait, two? Uh, I just want to make love to you. Pass. And full for the city. No, that was not very good. I'm, glad, I'm just glad to know that you're part of the fog hive. So <laughs> that's I had our... a hat that said fog on it too. <laughs> it was a, it was a John Carpenter hat, but he didn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the fog hat. <laughs> John Carpenter's the fog hat. <laughs> John Carpenter's the fog hat. I need that now. I'm going on eBay. <laughs> I like the idea that that could exist. Um, <laughs> all right, that's been our summer gamble X update. <laughs> so just glad to keep everyone in the loop on how things are going there. Um, Abe's still holding out though. Abe has Thor at number two, so we'll uh, we'll see we'll see where that goes in the coming weeks. I mean, it's not like there's not big movies though. Like or Light Years next week, that's gonna make some money. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. Do you think Gru yeah. will clear a billion like Minions and Despicable Me three? I mean. The fact that the previous couple have, and that the first Minions is one of the top 20 highest grossing films of all time, it it doesn't make me think it's impossible to do. <laughs> makes yeah. me sad. But, uh... Oh, of course it makes me sad. <laughs> like, there, <laughs> me having to say that every week as a reminder <laughs> to myself that Minions made that amount of money is insane. Uh, I, hey guys, there is no God. I, it's been delayed so long that it's practically a legacy sequel to Minions. So like, well, I mean, <laughs> it only makes it more valuable, if anything. <laughs> and they I, brought I, and they have Gru back, right? And people love mm-hmm. that Gru. I went high on that. I think that's three on my list, maybe. I believe yeah, it, is. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah both of your lists, obviously. Um, so we'll, we'll. I mean, again, movies are making. It's coming out July Fourth weekend. Oh boy, it's gonna. How, how's Downton doing? My number ten. Uh, beating Bob's Burgers. In, in my eyes, it's it's like physically Carol. blurred because I don't see things that are not American apparently anymore. So I, mean, okay. I can't really wow. tell offhand. But I, I think that blurry spot on my list is number six. Um, <laughs> it's still made thirty nine million total. So I mean, it it's making money. Um, and um, my my third dark horse of Men is that bothering the top ten anyway? <laughs> uh, men lost like a thousand screens this weekend. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, uh, it's okay. Abe still has to deal with picking Marcel the shell of shoes on for his That's dark true. horse. That's yeah. so. <laughs> true. At least it at least it went to theaters on like Annihilation, which got put on the Netflix in some other territory. So at least Men got a good Alex Garland. It wasn't Garland a, it movies. wasn't American enough. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's what's a worse decision, Abe putting Marcel the show with shoes on in his list, or a few years ago when I put Ugly Dolls in my number ten spot? Oh, your decision always. I mean, yeah, Abe's yeah. is like throwing away a dark horse. You like thought that would work. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> ugly, ugly Dolls is a movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was the tenth highest grossing film of that year. Don't you remember? Uh, <laughs> no, not in the summer of the year. It defied expectations. We have to move on. Uh, so that's our Summer Campbell talk. Uh, last thing here, if you enjoy this nonsense, there's plenty more of it, as well as insightful episodes over on iTunes, where you can let all of the episodes of our podcast out there in name. You can head over there, find our show, and then you can click on the old reviews tab and give us a rating review, which will be wonderful. Pop us up on the old iTunes charts. Uh, that'd be great. So thank you in advance. And listen uh, to the Petite Maman episode. It's a good one. Thanks. I, I, I also thought it was a good one. It was a good discussion. It's an adorable movie. I, I love it. it is. I'm not trying to be reductive by calling it adorable. It's a really well-made film. I take but... it seriously. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that movie. There's an art book that came out, but I didn't. Yeah. They're like Neon said you could reach out for like press could reach out for copies of it, but I just I felt guilty asking for it. It's weird because I did I didn't either, and then others did, and like, well, I'm, they're not writing reviews for this book. Damn, I should have said something. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh crap! I would have written a review. I'd have read. Oh. oh I would have put I could have put a blurb together on it or something, but it's like I thought I would figure this is not a necessary part of this episode. I I would thought that like if you request it, you like have to like write something about it. It's like okay, it's a book that they gave me, but okay, whatever. Anyway, yeah, Petite Mama, great movie, great episode on iTunes where you can finish free review. Okay, that's show notes. That's somehow just show notes. Let's move on. <laughs> let's get to <laughs> let's get to some out now quickies. Each week, we quickies. Thank you, uh, Jay. Let's start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? I just mentioned it. Men. I did a double bill last weekend of Men and Everything Everywhere All at Once. They both finally got UK releases, and I liked them both. That was a weird double bill to do. Sure. Uh, and, and watching Men first and the ending of that film, uh, which I won't spoil, but is uh, unique, uh, shall we say. I always appreciate a film that shows me something I haven't seen before, which okay. uh, Men men certainly did. Um, and I, I I liked it. Rory Kinnear is great. Jesse Buckley is one of the most watchable people acting today. I would Wild say. Rose. Yes, absolutely. Wild Rose is fantastic. Uh, I I liked the directions the film took. I, it looked great. The pacing was great. It didn't quite pull together the metaphor at the end, I think, but I, I kind of got where it was going, and I, I liked it well enough. I heard. I, 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 I think I liked it a lot more than most other people did. <laughs> I, I can agree with you. Like I I just I think its messaging is very obvious, and yeah, the third act just didn't beyond the visuals. It just didn't do much for me. But I do think like the first two thirds is really solid. Yeah, and I mean the visuals are great in that. And uh, <laughs> in Roy, that Roy Kinnear is getting knighted for specifically this movie, right? Yes, that... absolutely. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> right. Sir, Sir Kinnear of Men, I think is his full title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then everything ever all at once. I can't add anything more to everyone else saying it's the best one ever made because it's fantastic. I loved it. I'd, I'd heard nothing but the highest of praise about it for like a couple of months. I feel like. And I went in thinking it's, it can't possibly live up to all that hype, and it did. Uh, it's 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 inventive, it's hilarious, uh, poignant. Uh, the performances are all great. I just loved it a lot. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And now, now, as far as uh, innovative um, worldwide phenomenons go, I'm just looking forward to you seeing uh, RRR. And, uh, oh yeah, it's and on Netflix. Especially because I want to hear your reaction to the representation of the British in that film. Okay, I mean, there's some uh, British representation for a little bit in Jurassic World Dominion that was spot on yeah. uh, <laughs> in a very early mon uh, montage. Ah, uh, Rrr is on Netflix here as well. So yeah, could... uh, unfortunately, it's the Hindi version as opposed to the original Telugu language, but if it's available, it's available, I guess. Is uh, I mean, it is available, but it's also over three hours long, so I have no idea when I'll be able to see that, because that is uh, too long. A any any time is appropriate. That's that's the answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to okay, watch Okay, you convince my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Google RRR, just taking all the, the wonderment that's coming out of it. But that's, that's all I have. Um, I've added to my watch list on Just Watch. That's all I can tell you. Cool. <laughs> Mark, what have you seen recently? Well, last time I was on, I promoted Monster Hunter. So I was going to try to, I was like, should I do Northmen? I'm like, nah, I'll do something more fun, more Monster Hunter-esque, which isn't Monster Hunter at all. But I'm going to say The Lost City, a.k.a. what you call it, Fun Charted, where <laughs> <laughs> it is 
It is. I had the biggest smile on my face. There's a bit with motorcycles in it like, uh, that just made me smile. So I, I, it's just it made me happy. It's a well, anything with treasure, I automatically give three stars. It doesn't matter what it is. So, you know, we, we have that. There's some great charcuterie bits. I mean, Sandra Bullock, you know, Scott Mendelson said that he's been she's been clearing 100 million at the box office since the 90s. She's just a, a beast. The pairing with her and Tatum, I think, is excellent. I like it more than the proposal pairing with her and Red Run. Totally Easy, different yeah, movie. Easily. Totally different movie. But still, um, it's just it's one of those movies that you just put on and it just puts a smile on your face. It knows ex- it's not trying to it just knows what it is. And it's it's a very fun time. Like, I just I just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. The Lost City. I, I, I fun charted. I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Would you want more of that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it didn't feature Tom Holland standing around trying to look buff the whole time. So that's an added benefit. <laughs> that's that's a, an added uh, benefit of it. And just the two of them are so good. Like, I'm a big Chan Tatum fan. He's from Tampa. He, uh, what, former stripper. A lot of my friends from the area became strippers, which is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, you got to root for the local the local Florida boys making it big. Well, I asked that just because going <laughs> Thank you. I, I asked that because Lost City did, you know, make a, it is a successful film. And I'm curious, I mean, if that, not that I'm saying we need more Lost Cities. If anything, it's more just fun to be like, we need more Bullet Tatum pairings because that, that's the thing that works. Uh, but I am curious, like, I mean, it's a, with adventure franchises, you tend to be able to make, you know, more adventure movies out of that. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the other Lost City. I don't know. Like, Romancing like... the Stone got two. National Treasure got two. That Canon film one with Sharon Stone got two. Like, just give them two. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, but no, glad you enjoyed it. Godfather got three. All Big treasure hunt movie. Yeah. I... <laughs> I like I like it the first one when James comes like I got the fucking treasure over here and John is like oh man what's going on where's uh, the map yeah. <laughs> it's in the bathroom I'll be right back you don't want no part of this um <laughs> all right I, I've seen a <laughs> I've seen a couple things this week that I want to mention uh, first up is a movie I was excited to talk with Abe about called Hustle um, this is the Adam Sandler oh. uh, basketball film that's arrived it's once again Adam Sandler putting on. Uh, somewhat of a dramatic uh, performance, a little less intense than Uncut Gems, and a little less romantic than Punch Drunk Love, and a little less grief than Rain Over Me, and a little less egg sandwiches than Spanglish, but it's still a uh, it's a solid feature. Um, I, I enjoyed this film. I do think, um, to its credit, um, as far as... it's a, like Sandler plays a basketball scout for the Sixers, and he has dreams of coaching, and things get complicated. He finds this, uh, this player in, uh, I believe, Spain... Um, tries to get him over and get him ingratiated in the NBA, but um, it's a solid feature. I li- what I like is that it, it it's well directed in the way that it underplays a lot of things. Um, as far as underdog sports kind of movies go, I think there's a way to kind of heighten certain aspects or make things a little more uh, life or death. <laughs> but I, I do think it it does well as kind of balancing something that feels fairly grounded uh, with just solid performances and what have you. Sandler's doing a good job here that he's a huge basketball fan and what, you know, player for for that matter. And he's, he's in a a certain kind of zone that I appreciate. Um, So good movie. It's on Netflix now. Um, I also watched interceptor. Mark, have you seen this one by chance? No, that's with, uh, uh, Elsa Pataki. Elsa Pataki, Elena from the fast and furious films. Um, 
this is yeah it's her it's like her di- it's die hard on an oil rig not an oil rig but like a a, a sea what are those things called like those the rigs at sea when it's not yeah it's just a big oil yeah, rig. It's yeah. just still called yeah. an oil rig because it's like that's yeah. not an oil rig specifically. It's just like it's a makeshift one where it's the stuff. It's like face off. Yeah, sure, exactly. Like, it's just like one of these things at sea, and the the idea is um, there's terrorists coming to this one and like someone in Alaska. And these are things that can stop. These are like the the places that they can coordinate launching missiles from to stop the threat of nuclear missiles arriving in America. It's so, like terrorists try to like take over one and she's the she's the person in charge here um this movie's not very good i mean it, it like it it has its moments and it's you know pataki she's married to chris hemsworth he produced the movie and he has a cameo that's actually pretty hilarious when he gets to, when he when he pops up in this movie randomly um but it, it like it does the diehard thing decently it's just like there's not a lot here overall but as far as like a Netflix action movie goes, like it has its moments, but you know, not all that worthwhile. Um, very. If I worth... put on my Netflix mm-hmm. action film hat and watched it, would I like it? You know what I mean? Well, this I'm is why expecting... this is why I asked you. It seems like you'd watch this immediately. <laughs> so oh I, yeah, so I... it's been crazy. I, I've had some free time lately though, so that's good. So I'll be able to probably watch it this week. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel I feel like it's a little more up your alley, but we'll see. Yeah, oh, I'm excited. Well, you How called. You called um what was that movie? Oh, you called the Tomorrow War. You sent me a message and you're like, you're gonna love this movie. Yeah, uh-huh. And then I loved it. I like Dad Pratt actually. He's good. He's a good Dad Pratt in this Dad one Pratt. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, you you, you know my taste. So yeah. I'm, I feel I'm like excited it. now. But I did yeah. really like the Tomorrow War. I was. I was a, I mean, regardless of what I like, I mean, yeah, I did think that you would like it, and you did. So there you go. Right. The lady from Chuck is in it. She's awesome. Ivan um, Stravinsky. What? <laughs> Uh, a couple more things. Um, I, I watch a movie that's very enjoyable called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Uh, this is available on Prime currently. It is a Japanese science fiction film that's 70 minutes long. And I honestly don't want to tell you much more about it than that. Um, I, I Even like referencing the films that it reminded me of would be somewhat of a spoiler. But I will say one that's not the same genre, but One Cut of the Dead. Um, oh, love that movie. Um, in terms of like the energy, spirit, and warmth from that movie, this movie has a lot in common with that. Um, but it's called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. It's incredibly enjoyable, very clever, just a really solid movie. It's on Prime right now. I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. Honestly, anybody. Like It's a very friendly movie in that matter. Um, awesome. uh, the last thing here, um, I uh, am going to be a guest on a podcast called Film at 50. Uh, this week and talking about some ex black black exploitation films. Um, so I watched Superfly and Shaft uh, again recently. Uh, those are just fun movies from the seventies. I, I really enjoyed them. Uh, Shaft is coming out on 4K Blu-ray from Criterion. I got that in the mail and I was like, yay! Uh, and I was uh, very satisfied with what it looks like uh, in 4K. So just shouting out to some black exploitation films. Nice. Oh, I right. I did, have you watched Cha Cha Real Smooth yet? I did. I saw it during uh, when it was premiering. Nice. I just learned I got a screener of it. Well, there you so, go. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I like Shit House. Wait, Shoot House. I don't. I don't know if I can swear. You can say Shit House. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that movie. So, I'm excited to see what that the uh, the kid does next. Yeah, Cooper Cooper Rafe, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's enjoyable. Heck yeah. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. That's out of quickies. Tim. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> let's um, let's move on to some trailer talk this week. 
Uh, this is where we talk about some new trailers, what we thought of them, what they're coming out, what have you. And we've got a couple trailers to go over this week. Uh, we've got to cover them at the same time here. We're going to talk about the trailers for Prey, the new Predator film from director Dan Trachtenberg, best known for directing 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, and the film Beast. Uh, this is a... It's Idris Elba versus Lions uh, from director Baltazar Cormacur, who is a great name, great name, Icelandic filmmaker, has a variety of things that he's made, including uh, Everest, Two Guns, and Adrift uh, from a couple years ago. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I, I picked these two specifically because we're talking about Jurassic World Dominion today, obviously, and these are essentially creature features. We have a predator and we have lions. And... Um, First one word titles. Yeah, one word titles. Uh, no colon. No, no crawl. No colons for all. Yeah, that's the universal standing right there. Uh, Wait, one word title with the colon? That's <laughs> yeah. The colon asked. Or that the movie's called colon. <laughs> and it's like a colon pal uh, biodrama or but, something. Okay, oh. but it's, it's uh, rotated ninety degrees and the the O's are filled in, so it makes a colon. Wait, it's like Tesla, but it's about the guy who invented the colon. <laughs> <laughs> how many more pages Ethan do you have <laughs> Ethan Hawke so I, I want to ask you guys first off what's your general interest in these two movies are you are you interested in Prey and Beast Jay how about you yeah Mid Thunder's in it and Prey and she's from Legion and if anybody from Legion is in anything I'm very happy about it so I'm all, I'm tired of Predators I think they are going back in time and using heat invisibility and heat sinking laser shoulder cannons and just i don't like them and but they have a great scouting system because they find serial killers and predators you, but, so you, you don't like them because you think they're overpowered or well they cheat it's like hey mark are you are you the world's greatest hunter yeah what do you do well i'm invisible and i have a rocket launcher and dogs yeah and uh, <laughs> i have a hunting planet where i have scouts who can find serial killers like i don't know how they do it and then they deliver them to us with no weapons i'm in my own place I just blow them up. I'm invisible. Like, I don't. I'll I don't, say, I don't even I'll, tell them why they're there. I'll say yeah, this like, about. Um, take you here to fight. Uh, it's funny because I'll say this about AVP, Alien vs. Predator. The, 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 I love the, that movie. The one. What I do like about, and I like, I mean, overall, I don't think that's a bad movie. I think it. No. For one thing, it's called Aliens vs. Predator. What high bar do you have for that to clear? Sonal Latham. Uh, but but I, what I do like is that they do deliberately underpower the predators. Like they keep the guns away from them. They make them. I mean, they're still invisible with claws that are seven feet tall. <laughs> but like they, yeah. But they like they try to like level the playing field a bit. <laughs> so that's yeah. interesting to me. And Grid the Xenomorph takes out two of them. Grid, uh, yeah. Grid the one that is a beast in AVP. Yeah. I love it. But I don't care. I like Mid Thunder. So. I'm I'm very excited. Well, I'll be curious this if this movie. one also similarly depowers them just because of what they're facing. Like it, what I lo- oh. like, what I do like. I mean, Predator the original is one of my favorite movies. It, the weaponry that they have, like they do, try to match what they're going against, right? Like the the guys, you know, the the, the Arnold and his gear crew, they have mini guns and grenade launchers. It's not like it. It's not like the Predator was going off of nothing even though it has stealth technology. But then when Arnold strips everything away, so does he, right? They fight mano-y-mano. mano y predato. And the predator walks right into the trap. How do they climb trees so fast? That thing's supposed to be 700 pounds. Like, their 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 uh, toenails and their claws uh, they have amazing uh, tensile strength so yeah, spider-man like yeah. exactly you know just like spider-man yeah exactly 
you know how there's a predator? You just look up and see a, like a sagging tree branch. <laughs> there it is. Hit it. It's also making noises and obscuring the world somewhat with its vis- with its cloaking. It's panting really heavily from climbing that tree. It keeps asking <laughs> if I want candy. <laughs> Follow its footprints. Like what? I don't know. Listen. It keeps just... saying things in Austrian and then like in um Belgian. <laughs> Belgian. <laughs> so Danny Glover fighting that one in the second one. They took its arm off. That was smart too. So I mean, I like when they get depowered. So I think you're right. Maybe maybe it's like I'm not battling beefy uh, machine gun people. I'm I'm kind of uh, yeah. We'll see. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm rather... looking forward to to Bray just because it's predator in a different setting. Yeah, yeah. fighting different people we haven't seen it fighting these uh, uh more primitive uh weaponry kind of fighting techniques so that, that could be interesting uh i'd love 10 clover lane great film this looks very different in terms of setting just because that's quite a confined uh a put a predator in there with that means, yeah, that's a short film uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh but yeah i'm looking forward to this this looks this looks fun yeah i i generally agree i Understandably, the, uh, the Predator franchise has been like making uh, too many bucks at the box office, so like I get why you pivot to Hulu, but it's still annoying that I'm not going to watch a new Predator film on a big screen. Like that's disappointing. Well, uh, the Predator was terrible, so uh, there, there's a good like 40 minutes in the Predator that I really enjoy. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's it's got some good stuff in it. Thomas I like Jane, Jake, I like Jake Busey in it. Uh, he's, but, I wish um, they used him. I don't know what else you'd do with him, but like, oh, it was clever as far as having him in there. So. Yeah, but just uh, there's a lot of that film that's 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 not great. You got a, You got a great point though. Like you have the movie with like Comanche warrior, like a, a Amber Mid Thunder playing a Comanche warrior protecting her tribe, and it just goes to Hulu. It'd be nice to get that theatrical experience, get that out there on the big screens. Yeah, the, so, uh, the yeah. Besides the spectacle aspect the optics of the predator movie that you know features native american characters that's the one that doesn't go to theaters I, it's annoying um mm-hmm. but, it's going uh, to disney plus in the uk which makes me laugh <laughs> <What's that? laughs> um not star yeah but, well star is on disney plus it's, it's, okay it's i don't know it's the same word. thing yeah uh, what, about, no uh, what about what about Idris Elba fights lions? I oh. I for one am excited for a movie about Idris Elba yeah, fights lions. <laughs> I, 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 now please. The, the premise is so straightforward. It's like he's got to protect his family. All right, sure. Um, I like that Charles o. Copley is not only in the movie, but it seems to imply that he doesn't die in the first ten minutes. Like so yeah, because yeah, he's there at night. There's that scene yeah. in the trailer, so, so I was like, oh, like, okay, he doesn't like, eat that, it in the river. He's not just like the guy that leads them to this thing, and it's like, oh no, the lions, and then he's gone for the rest of the movie. It's like, oh no, he's actually in it. So good for him for surviving at least thirty minutes of this movie. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but you guys, I mean, Jay, are you excited for Beast? Yeah, I mean, I, I love creature features. I love Idrisalba. So end of list is all I need. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so this, this does kind of look like you know Cujo with a lion in, in Africa. So yeah, I, I have no issues with this film. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it looks like a nice simple premise, and I, I that's all I really need. I, I I don't want them to overcomplicate this with like it's a genetically modified lion that can read minds or anything. Just it's just a monster. Or just, sorry, just an animal and a person and a family. Let's I go. mean, if you told me that the lion was genetically modified and it reads minds, I'd probably be a little more interested. In I, I mean, I'd see that film. Brotherhood of the Wolf too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it, but it reads minds. <laughs> I want to see that now, Jay. He's like he's like it is like... mind. It's like the uh, apocalypse battle in X Men where. 
<laughs> where it's just it's two of them and like and, and nothing around them and they're just like <laughs> doing mind battles at each other. <laughs> like, the lion like, turns I... giant and crushes the other one with Mitchell's other throat. I watch Rogue with Megan Fox, yeah. The Ghost in the Darkness. I'll watch. Like, I'll watch anything with killer lions. And this one looks so far out there. Like this lion's just murdering people and not eating them. It could read minds though. I. It's interesting. I wonder if that's the twist. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it needs. I feel like I've ruined this film now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be really disappointed when it doesn't read minds. It's we're going to blame Jay. It's just a lion. Ugh. That's going to be on the like my review. and it, it Doesn't read minds. Yeah. yeah, It's just a lion, two stars. <laughs> <laughs> my expectations from a podcast episode about Jurassic World Dominion set my, you know, set my mind on it. And it wasn't that. F. <laughs> This comment a guy like made who had only seen the trailer hadn't listened to it. <laughs> beast? More like, yeah, worse. More, more, no, more like burst my bubble because I was looking forward to this <laughs> lion doing some things. <laughs> beast? Right. More like B minus. <laughs> There's no killer bees in it either. Wait, what? <laughs> well. We have both of these films. They're coming. Sergio Copley was in it too long. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was a half hour. We have both these films arriving this summer. Uh, Beast arrives in theaters August nineteenth. Uh, Prey arrives on Hulu or Disney Plus on uh, August fifth, uh, twenty twenty-two. So, stay tuned for how those go. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> I promise you, I am going to get her back. Genetic power has now been unleashed. We made a terrible mistake. The doomsday clock might be about out of time. gonna survive what matters is what we do now i could use your expertise you coming or what a baby raptor i made a promise we would bring her home you made a promise to a dinosaur yeah what that should have been some of the trailer for jurassic world dominion 1993's jurassic park had steven spielberg delivering something wonderful and exciting a realistic depiction of dinosaurs in a live action film it's regarded by many as a modern classic since then, there have been numerous sequels, all largely revolving around evil companies trying to profit off of these dinosaurs, which has some meta-elements in mind when considering how Universal continues to rely on this popular franchise for profit. Now we have Jurassic World Dominion, billed as an epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. Picking up four years later from where Fallen Kingdom left off, dinosaurs now live among the world's population. Additionally, continued bioengineering has led to a dangerous species of locusts destroying crops, which could have devastating effects on the world. Characters from the previous film, Alan Grant, Edley Sattler, and Ian Malcolm, all find themselves looking into this. Meanwhile, Owen Grady and Claire, Deer Claire Deering find themselves on a rescue mission as their surrogate clone daughter, Macy, as well as the child of Blue the Raptor, have been kidnapped. Will these two plots eventually be intertwined, preferably in a location featuring lots of dinosaurs? Well, life finds a way. Jay, I am aware that you are a big Jurassic Park fan. 
what? and that you you tortured Lamcast members with uh, asking them their ranking of the <laughs> Jurassic Park franchise over the years tortured. when you were still uh, hosting the Lamcast. Yes, this is so true. So now I, I'm curious, where have you been with this second trilogy of Jurassic World films, and what do you think of this movie? Okay, so this second trilogy, I liked Jurassic World a great deal. I feel like a lot of that film was fan service, uh, and as a fan, I, I felt fully served. And uh, there's like the scene where the kids find the old site and they make the torch out of the T-Rex skirt and leg bone and the, the bit of the banner. I just had the biggest smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was here for all of that. Uh, Fallen Kingdom uh, hurt me deep inside. <laughs> I've yet to recover. Uh, I watched that film again in preparation for seeing Dominion because I hate myself. And it uh, still hurt me. Still a bad, bad film. Uh, films should not be direct films about dinosaurs should not be directed by people who seemingly hate dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Viona seems to have some kind of a vendetta against every dinosaur on screen. He wants to torture them, uh, destroy their Island with them. I, I don't understand that Colin Trevor wrote the film, but Viona could have, I don't know, not had this heart wrenching shot of the, an apatosaur disappearing into the smoke on, of this volcano home. Uh, I mean, I he know. wants you to feel bad. If anything, he's showing that he cares for dinosaurs. He wants you to know that this is a bad thing. I I agree, but <laughs> I don't want to be that sad in a dinosaur movie. <laughs> um, this is like fair this, enough. This, fair enough. Just like this is like supposed to be. We go and we. It's a fun time, and it's dinosaurs, and people get eaten by the dinosaurs, and, and that's a fun time. Uh, Dominion sits in between the two for me. Uh, I would say it's not quite as good as World, not, and it's better than, than Fallen Kingdom, uh, because, you know, surgery without an aesthetic is better than Fallen Kingdom. And, uh, <laughs> but Dom- Dominion... <laughs> that's mean. Uh, there's, there's some good bits in that film, but it's, a, it's, it's not a film I want to see again. Uh, the, the little short that came out, the Battle of uh, Big Battle Rock. Black Rock. Big, Big Rock. Rock. Great. Love that. I agree. Uh, disapp- disappointed they used some of the uh, closing credits shots to the start of this film because I wanted more stuff. I wanted new stuff. I've seen those bits before. Uh, so yeah, I I I liked this. I I went in for the that's a Jurassic Park film. I'm going to say either way. I, I went in mainly for uh, the dinosaurs in the modern world, uh, in the real world, with interacting with people in public. I was looking forward to all of that kind of stuff. A little disappointed that there's not a lot of that. And they kind of, as you've referenced, they relocate to an enclosed area with dinosaurs in it for the kind of final act of the film, which all that stuff is great. I liked it all, but there's too, it's too long, too much going on, too many characters. Uh, and my main issue is that yes, there are too many characters, but also too many of those characters are alive at the end of the film. <laughs> I, I, I want to see people be eaten by dinosaurs. Uh, I'd like them to be named characters. I'd like to have gotten to them a little bit and then I'd like to see them die. I, uh, you want, if you, you want more to... than just like scooter guy to get eaten by a dinosaur. Exactly. Think of the first film. Think of, you have Bob Peck, you have Muldoon, uh, great, great death. You have Gennaro, great death on the toilet. You have uh, Mr. Arnold, Sam Jackson, great death. These are all, like, good or, like, positive characters or on the side of the heroes for the most part. And they but they still get killed, because that's okay in films. That can happen. Here, it feels like if there is a good character, then they have, they, you're fine. Don't worry about them. 
it, it it feels like it feels like Trevor o, like overreacted to the small contingent on the internet that that had the massive feelings about the Jurassic World death of the yeah the yeah, the one that was babysitting the kids and that had the over the top big death something that was requested by that actress by the way just yep. to point that out. and was great <laughs> and was and was yes it was just, it was exactly what you want in a monster movie <laughs> but. <laughs> Rennie Harlan esque, actually. It's Rennie Harlan. It's very Rennie Harlan esque. That's very sure. Okay. Uh, but here, there is, there is, there is none of that. There are no. I'd say like the most memorable kill is a big uh, parallel to another one in in Jurassic Park. Uh, but other than that one, it's all kind of bland, death wise. Uh, but overall, I I enjoyed my experience watching the film. I came out smiling and having enjoyed it. Uh, but it's only on on reflection the couple of days since I've seen it that it's kind of gone down in my estimation a little bit. We'll talk more about that as we go along. But yeah. Mark, where have you been with the the world franchise entries in this film? Oh well, this is my favorite of all three. Okay, uh, Jurassic World. I just it was it, it felt so lifeless to me. It's just a retread of Jurassic Park, which was big at the time and it made tons of money. People loved it, but the Indominus Rex and Hey, it's camouflage. Let's go in there. Just so many. Like, just, uh, too, I mean, too much you got predator going on in that Adopt yeah. Rex, I guess. Where it's too overpowered. It's like, I'm gonna rip out my thing, and we're gonna we're gonna go after it with with tasers. Uh, it's you know, I like Jimmy Buffett. I like Zara's death. <laughs> That's great. Fallen Kingdom. I watched it again as well, and Fallen Kingdom to me, at least it it goes really weird. So that's something yes. that was refreshing for me, but still don't like it. And then this one, but this one, I just, it's silly and it, it embraces silliness. It features a swimming chicken dinosaur. It, <laughs> it features a promise to a raptor, then a great pay, uh, payoff for that. I think it, it, that, that chase in Malta, like you said, it did, did you say it goes for bolt full born for a while? Yeah. It's, it, it's so silly that I, I don't, I don't know how people are getting so angry about it. Like people are like, it doesn't want to have fun in some of the reviews. And I'm like, did it's you so see the fun? I was like, did you see the Malta chase? Like, yeah. it seems like there's an interesting uh, people out there. Like, it's not, it forgets to have fun. I'm like, that Malta chase was a blast. Uh, I like the new characters. I, I, I like Ramsey and Kayla. I think they're cool. I, you know, it, it's still, it's, it's like, I was sitting here going, how would I explain this movie to somebody? Like, <laughs> So they're chasing down their clone child. There's a there's a great card again in it. And the child of Blue the Raptor, a key franchise yeah. player in the latest movies. It's and like BD I will say though, BD Wong has a Patrick Wilson level cardigan, so yeah. that's really great. Yeah, but he wasn't dressed nearly as well as he was in World and Fallen Kingdom, where he's walk he's rocking like some stylish turtlenecks and Yeah. He's, he's, he's kinda more, broken. He seems more yeah, he's broke he's in broken mode, so he's more like sad dad Wong. It's like cozy, yeah. cozy, yeah. Wong. cozy, cozy cardigan, Wong. yeah, cozy, sad dad cardigan Wong. Yeah. And I dress like that many days. So it's <laughs> uh, listen, this this to me, I, I just went in with a smile on my face. I really wasn't expecting much. And, you know, it's a sixth film in the franchise. So, I mean, when it comes to six films and franchises, I think it it has enough there to really enjoy. And I left the theater with a smile on my face and I still think about the swimming chicken dinosaur and I want it. You know, I want to adopt one, and I want to have that horrible story than have a Werner Herzog documentary made about my life. Well, I guess we're gonna. So be, I guess we're gonna be the contrarian Jurassic World Dominion podcast episode because I also enjoy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I say this uh, going in uh, with you guys, uh, not knowing where your opinions lied with this film. That's something that I <laughs> do try to keep clear on this podcast. It's not like I gathered you guys together so we could just heap nothing praise on Jurassic World. And there are plenty of things to scoff at. There's a lot of oh, silliness yeah. in the movie. There's yeah, a lot of dumb in this film. Ooh. There's a lot of things that could have done better. I'm not Spatial beyond awareness. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not beyond like the criticisms of this movie. Although, like at certain points, it does feel like the knives were out. Um, for Jurassic well, World. Has nice fingers. Exactly. One, yeah, one, yeah, he does. The, the Wolverinosaurus. The Wolverinosaurus. Yeah, the, the Loganus. Um, <laughs> James Halicops. Um, <laughs> but, um... Ferrosaurus. Before we... Ferrosinosaurus. They were not there. I was Googling it. Uh, Edward Scissorhands-asaurus. Before we get to like the problems with it, I I I had fun with this as well. I like Jurassic World quite a bit. Uh, we'll talk about ranking this franchise later on, um, for the sake of Jay. Um, I have copyright on that. I think. Yeah. Well, I I, I, <laughs> I used to. I call it Cretaceous ranking. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but regardless, I like Jurassic World quite a bit. I I rewatched both of the, that and Fallen Kingdom this past week, and uh, no, I think that movie works for what it's doing i, I enjoyed that the idea of the park being open i thought that was a clever conceit uh fallout kingdom i like less so but i agree with mark as far as i like that it does something different it does have weird stuff going on as far as being a haunted house movie within the yeah. uh, within the dino theme park franchise um like there's a lot of great set pieces in the film but yeah i don't think it i think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work in between the things that i really like about it uh this movie I, yeah, I could probably nail, I could easily nail down the things that don't work about it, but I had fun with it, like I, to the point of me not really understanding some of the criticisms. Uh, even the idea, like the idea of saying, like, yes, the movie's not like entirely focused on the dinosaurs roaming the earth. I am curious what that movie looks like. Do they just like what get jobs and hang out and have you know water cooler talk or whatever? I don't know what that version of the movie is that everyone wanted to see. <laughs> That's the the color humor sketch show of Dinosaur Office. But like the People... way, but the way it's been described is as if like it's only about locusts and you hardly see a dinosaur. It's like this movie has dinosaurs like every two minutes. Like there's yeah, not there's, there's so there's, many. There's so there's never a lack of dinosaurs in the dinosaur movie. And the way it's it's been overstated is hilarious and disheartening to me as far as how much how impassioned people are about wanting to hate this movie where i'm just thinking this is dino theme park six like what bar does this need to cross to gain the approval that's not it's giving better it, than the last film that's not that. giving it a pass that's not saying like it doesn't have to be good because i think it's good i think it's a good movie i like that it brings back the cast and uses them I, this easily could have been like a Lando shows up and says some words and walks away, but instead <laughs> Alan, Alan and Ellie Grant, uh, Sattler and um, Ian Malcolm, they're like in the movie, like they're doing stuff. They're, well, they're so well used as well. They are well used, and it's part of it's because you have you know three great actors, but also yeah. the script knows how to keep them involved and not just feel like extras added on. Uh, at the same time, Pratt and Dallas Howard, they do fine. Like I. I if there's wobbly things about the world, it's that I don't think Pratt and Dow's Hour were very good. Not very, but, like, they just don't seem to have what they needed to make that work, where I think they were better in Fallen Kingdom. And here they're even more ingratiated into those characters at this point, so I do think they work quite well. And the new characters are fun, too. Uh, specifically, was it Ramsey with the plane? Yeah, yeah. Like, Ramsey and Kayla. Because yeah. you, get like an, you get, like, an action... Like, if this movie needs to have, like, an action hero character that it seemed to want to get with Pratt, this one feels more more accomplished just because there's like 
something I can grasp onto as far as what this character's supposed to be and like what they can accomplish. Where Pratt's just like, yeah, he's you know Everman, he's, he's Chris Pratt, but like not funny, I guess. I don't know, like it's, whatever. This one was like, okay, Dad Pratt. Yeah, they give like a personality and like some basic ideas of what they are. So and like they all come together eventually in ways that are fun. Uh, the dinosaurs. It's fun. Like, there's dinosaurs. Like, that's what I needed in Jurassic World. <laughs> and they gave it to me. They gave me lots of dinosaurs. Lots of variety. Raptors that do crazy things. New dinosaurs in the dinosaurs. snow. Dinosaurs in snow. Cave dinos. Cave dinos. The yeah, Dilophosaurus return. Uh, the a, a big bird dinosaur. <laughs> it's, got, it's got it all. <laughs> like, Flicky lights. Uh, uh, spitting. Yeah, the um, yeah, the, spinning. Yeah. the set piece, the set pieces, <laughs> I think, do work quite well. Yes, there is that Malta motorcycle chase, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, it it does feel like a board movie, and in a way that I feel complimentary because like, all right, we got a haunted house movie last time. What are we doing this time? Oh, so it's like a born chase in the middle, and then it's like a Bond movie throughout with like six different characters all playing James Bond. <laughs> like it's it's like okay, this is <laughs> this is taking some big some choices that I'm appreciating here. Uh, I had fun. It's way too long. I get that. It <laughs> it, it uh, makes some silly choices <laughs> as far as its plotting goes. But like, I think for what this movie, what I wanted it to deliver, deliver it's giving it to me, and generally in a you know an enjoyable way. So yeah, yeah. I, I thought of this. They went back to the aspect ratio. They went back to almost like the two to one aspect ratio yeah. which is kind of cool the dinos look good on screen the world films are well yeah the these this the trevorrow world films are two are yeah two one the fallen kingdom is the first, the only one that's 235 and the the other three are 185 yeah so it was it was nice having that height back on screen sure uh, just and then i don't know i like that a, a, a an uber velociraptor gets clotheslined during a jason Bourne street chase <laughs> it's I will say, though, I did slink into my seat when Sattler and Grant have their reintroduction when she comes to visit him, mm-hmm. because you'll have a, like a sweeping dolly shot coming from Grant's left, and then you'll just cut to Laura Dern in a static shot, and just the movement made zero sense <laughs> in that scene. Like I, and I, I don't know, and there are spatial issues with this, like Pratt was underwater, then he was above water, but... You know, I don't think Col- Trevor gets much coverage. He said before they like to get. A- he doesn't like to get like a lot of coverage. He'll just get big masters. So I think maybe the editing didn't have too much work around. That's why there were some of those issues. But I do. I don't know. Like I w- did. You- did you guys get that feeling with Sattler and Grant when they were first re- reintroduced? That it felt very I mean, flat. If there, if there weren't, I don't, more... I don't teach cinematography, so no, I didn't. Oh, okay. If there, oh, if, there uh, <laughs> if there weren't more scenes of them together. The that first intro made me think like were they on the were they there on the same day? <laughs> like, doing yeah, that? yeah. But fortunately, it does like give you more of that, so it's like okay, it's fine. But I will like I can hear you as far as a lack of coverage means less editing options. I will note um, that the film was famously made during the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. like early during the pandemic, and there's lots of shutdowns and they had to deal with a lot. And it added like twenty million to the budget, I'm sure. Um, and I. Well, you know, it's not, it doesn't, like, grant it freedom to be whatever it is, but I do wonder if that plays a role in, like, how much they're able to cover in a given day, how much they're able to shoot, how many extras they're able to have in a given day. Like, I do wonder how much that affected the options they had as far as putting a film like this together. Um, that doesn't, you know, excuse anything. And you have, like, like John Schwartzman's the cinematographer. He's very accomplished <laughs> in what he's been oh, doing. Yeah. Um, so... It, you know, Trevorrow, this is, what, his fourth movie? Safety, that, that. Yeah, so this is his fourth movie and his second Oops, giant one. <laughs> right? um, 
Don't forget Book of Henry. Of course, yeah, it's a fourth movie. Um, but I mean, like at the same time, he, like I think he handles the set piece as well. So I like I don't know, like <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what it comes down to as far as the separation there. No, you're right though. The, the, I, the set pieces are shot well. I mean, Schwartzman did work again on. He worked on Jurassic World as well. Yeah. So I mean, they have, they probably had a nice short hand on set. And you are right about the pandemic. I mean that that they were one of the first movies back. It was them and yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. So I mean, I, I was reading about this and the 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 writer for this film she had to the co-writer i have her name emily carmichael yeah she she had to do a 10-day quarantine met the cast for a couple days and they went to set and had to do a 10-day quarantine Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah carmichael she said she just had a journey getting there to set so i mean the fact that they were rolling during the height of the pandemic you're absolutely right It, it probably did limit extras coverage Stuff like that. So in the end, I think it came together really well. It doesn't seem like a pandemic movie. Sometimes I, you I watch. I agree. That's that's yeah, that's yeah. my next point. What I like about this movie quite a bit also is that like in an age where a lot of blockbusters frankly feel quite small because of a limited lack of location or a lack of locations because they're all filming in like Atlanta or whatever that kind of keeps them boxed in to an extent. For example, a lot of uh, Happy Hogan's apartment in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. This movie feels like it goes places. It feels like we're globe trotting, much like a Bourne or a Bond movie. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that it felt like there's a world out there, which again brings me back to this notion that there's not enough dinosaur stuff, or like it's not focused enough on the world involving dinosaurs. I'm not saying that the plot doesn't make weird choices by you featuring locusts, but at the same time, we're still like traveling across the world to different places and seeing all kinds of variety of environments and what have you. Like I appreciated that. I appreciated the film felt big, which is helpful in a film about dinosaurs. There's a black market. There's a, there's a, a (laughs) wrangling scene. There's a wrangling scene where Chris Pratt is on a horse wrangling dinosaurs. There's, there's, there's what's basically an an, an enhanced uh, cow tipping scene at the beginning of this movie where they're rescuing like little triceratopses or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's tons and there, there's some fun practical dinos in this as oh, well yeah. and yeah. Uh, one thing I did like too is when they finally get to the island I like that there's a I felt the danger in the, in that island when when Bryce Dallas Howard or Claire she lands uh, she parachutes down she gets attacked by pterodactyls then she lands and she has to deal with just everything thrown at her there's there was danger in this world and I kind of I like that about it it felt I don't know. It, it, Jurassic Park three. I, don't, I, don't, I guess I never really felt the danger. Lost World, I think, did a good job of establishing that. But this this is a I don't want to be in this world. <laughs> this is a pretty horrible place to be. And I think they created that pretty well or effectively. I, I didn't feel the danger. as I mean, go back to my point. I wanted someone to die. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> I wanted some more stakes. I wanted like they land and then Chris Pratt gets run through with a triceratops or something. Just Freddy Krueger fingered. Yeah, yeah, it presents it presents moments where a character could go and you don't know where it's going to go. And it's weird that the film doesn't take more opportunities to capitalize off of that, given that it's the epic conclusion to the Jurassic era. Um, but I can agree and and go the other way as far as how much danger there felt like there is, because it's like, well, the dinosaurs feel threatening when they need to. Like, you know, yeah, crazy saw hands <laughs> dinosaur. It's like, it, who, is it blind? Is that a part of its thing, too? I think it was, it was kind of smell her out. So yeah, like it, it, it wasn't. It certainly like vision wasn't its primary thing. That's for sure. Like like yeah. it had like white eyes, which made me think like it just either doesn't see or just can't see very well. 
Um, but like that thing felt dangerous. Like that thing felt like this is a threat. I don't want to do that's, this. That's a herbivore as well. Yeah, <laughs> that deer can't hear though. That he snuck up on that deer, or it snuck up on that deer. There's no way that deer doesn't run. Uh, it's very loud in its feet. The dinosaur. It's, it's, it's famous for that. So the deer wouldn't. Hear. <laughs> like uh, the predator. In, in in the woods, <laughs> a place where there's famously no debris on the ground that it can step on. Um, no twigs. No twigs. <laughs> um, but no, I like there are is like that where yeah i felt the danger but i would have i could agree i would have liked to feel more danger in like the actual world like in the black market like the malta scene with the black market there's a point where like dinosaurs get loose and it feels so like happenstance as opposed to this is the worst thing that could have happened to malta as far as like (laughs) there's like two giant dinosaurs and we make fun of that scooter guy but it's like why is that scooter guy casually scootering next to these two giant dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. Like, how did he get to this scenario? It's like, oh, it cross, comes to a cross street. It's like, oh, I wonder what's around this corner. Oh, look at that. Oh, well, I'll just keep making my way. Like, it's just so random how it happens. It's not not entertaining. I love seeing people getting eaten by dinosaurs at random like that. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, the scenarios presented make it feel more like they planted an effect here as opposed to this organically led to craziness happening. Like, I feel like World does that really well. World makes it feel like when the dinosaurs get loose on the park, I have a reason why they're there, and it feels like this is the worst thing that could happen to these people right now. There's flying things everywhere. Mosasaurus is hanging out waiting for somebody to get dangled over them. Like, anything could happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that motor sequence, one of the things I don't enjoy, I think it's something Mark mentioned, is the gently modifying of the dinosaurs, uh, like the the Indoraptor. Uh, that we had in the past that that multi sequence has the laser pointer to program the there are atrociraptors in that scene which is the great name for a dinosaur thank you uh, like to laser point them like so this is your target go get it i kind of hate that because uh, like dinosaur like I don't, I don't i never understand like why that doesn't make any kind of a sense to, to train anything to do that but also dinosaurs are cool enough they don't need to mess with dinosaurs like the the indoraptor i hate it and the Indominus Rex, I hate it because like it's you already have dinosaurs. It's it's enough. So I did appreciate they kind of step back a little bit this one. All the dinosaurs in this film are real ones. They just have this little bit of programming with the laser. Uh, yeah, and that's what Trevorrow said, right? He he wanted to go back to non-hybrid. Yeah, we have to go back. Yeah, to, go back. <laughs> uh, to non. He wanted to just do regular dinosaurs. I mean, I know they have laser pointer dinosaurs now, but you don't have the. <laughs> that's that's better than. Yeah. You don't have yeah, the Yaucha Rex. It's better Whoa. than, you know, the, the last film where you you pointed a gun at somebody <laughs> to target them for the dinosaur to get them rather than shoot them with the gun you're pointing at them, which was just a silly thing. The laser pointer is better than that. At least. It, yeah, it, it makes way more sense than the dinosaur theme park movie. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk more about this cast. Uh, what did you guys think of, um, you know, like having our returning world heroes with Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? I mean, I'm, I'm fine with them returning. I did. I, I am kind of sick of Pratt as a sincere action hero. Uh, for me, he works better as like it, he works well in the Guardians films where he's like he thinks he's a hero, but he's really kind of a doofus and screwing everything up. Bumbling his when way through things. Exactly. Here, he feels like he is a hero and he's trying to be a hero and it's kind of working out. And I, I don't I, I dislike that side of Pratt. I. I would have been fine with him being killed off. Let's <laughs> say that much. <laughs> uh, but Bryce says how it is is great. I like everything she does. I didn't need the return of Justice Smith and Daniela Pineda as like, basically extended cameos they have. I feel like they could have easily been removed and cut out ten minutes of the film. 
and we wouldn't have missed I mean, them. I, I like that it sets us up with something as far as where they are, and it, and it's like, well, if we need two characters here, let's have people that we're familiar with. Like, I don't think they intruded on the movie. I, I guess it's more the second scene we get of... of I, I don't like them, is the thing. I, I, don't, <laughs> okay. I don't like Justice Smith, and like the second scene of him, I appreciate that he looked terrible now he's doing a death job. Uh, like He's got rings around his eyes. Uh, now he's like stuck inside at a desk. Um, but I just I, I feel like a line of dialogue could have replace that scene of like i we need to get in contact with these people it's all right i know omar c let's go what i <laughs> what i did like is the return of omar Sy, who has like yeah, nothing yeah. nothing to do in jurassic world it's like let's bring him back and give him like you know some meteor stuff and i like that it's like relegated to a segment of the film where it's like that's fun that's like an episode of jurassic world basically yeah uh, i was very concerned he was he was not gonna make it yeah uh, and then I was kind of disappointed when he he didn't die because <laughs> I feel like the people that do in that scene are we don't know them. Uh, Can't so kill the no star of Lupin. <laughs> I like that okay. show. Have you watched Lupin? I have, and no. I enjoy it quite a bit. Oh uh, yeah, it's fun. Sorry, Jay, I cut you off there. All right, my my point was over. It's fine. Right. I mean, one he's, thing I do like uh, about bringing back what Franklin and uh, Doctor Zaya Rodriguez is. With the Halloween franchise, there's so many different timelines. There's one, one, and then 2018, and then there's the Halloween Kills, and then they just drop characters. They don't like characters from this movie, so you just drop them. You don't bring them back. So I, I like the continuity in this. They, they do bring back from World, from Park, from Fallen Kingdom. I mean, it's Where's good that they. The, uh, <laughs> see, see, you say that. You say that. I was like, and I was, I was yeah. realistically trying to think of who could they bring back otherwise that we don't know yet. Like Vince Vaughn seems like they could like pop him in. He's like, he was already a Dino activist when the Lost World was happening. It's like he could easily be in the room with, oh, with Justice yeah. Smith and yeah, and, and Pineda's characters. <laughs> like, that well, makes there, there's one point where they're scrolling through like an iPad and they do flash on Lauren Lapkus's face uh-huh. and they go to the next one. So I, I, I liked that little nod. Or even in the beginning, uh, but, I, mean, I guess more because it's you know you gotta they're younger and you got to appeal to a certain audience, but it's like, they could have been in the beginning with Julianne Moore and Vince Vaughn coming with Claire to like rescue the things from the farm. <laughs> like that would have made a lot of sense to me. Oh, well there's, there's oh, kind yeah. of a, there's a montage. Yeah. There's a montage at the start of how dinosaurs are interacting with the world and another one kind of at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I did kind of stick around to the end of the credits. It's like, is William H. Macy going to show up here or, but no, just yelling in the woods. He and Teo <laughs> yeah. just screaming. No, like that. He's, he's, he, no, this is even better. He's at like, he's in, Maybe he's in Malta, or maybe he's just on land. But like they're they're like dinosaurs charging at the streets, and he's at his what does he have like a furniture furniture uh, store? It's a plumbing whatever. company. Plumbing it's company. A tile company. Like I think. He, he's like he's like wrapping up a sale Kirby, of a customer. Paint tile plus. He's right. Yeah, he's wrapping up a sale of a customer. He's like finally gonna close the store. And then a dinosaur like bursts through the building. He's like ah. <laughs> That's all. He breaks all his tiles. <laughs> yeah, breaks all his tiles. <laughs> Spills all his paint everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I just paid off the loan on this. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, he's gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, what's his name? Billy Alessandro Navola should have come back. As no, well. he's, he's, he died in the in the second. Yeah. He did not die. He came back. He did. No, he, no, he died. Uh, he died. Playing uh, as many saints from New York character. <laughs> he, he died, and then his twin was carried out at the end of that film because he died. <laughs> Uh, right. Didn't he fall he, he, about 500 feet after being attacked by a by many like many pterodons? Terra, he didn't know. He, he was he was in like the he he gets like he had a parachute. He, he's in a parachute. He gets he ripped knocked, to shreds. He get, if the parachute gets ripped to shreds, he gets down on like a river or whatever, and then like a bunch of pterodactyls go Died. after him. So you think that he got like beaten up by the pterodactyls, but instead he not only did he survive this, but he rescued Doctor Grant's hat. So I mean, he had that yeah, he for him. 
Uh, so this movie he's had a couple of flesh wounds. What should have happened <laughs> to this movie is, is that you know, b- b- late day save, Navola comes in and he's like, "I got your hat again, Doctor Grant." For you. <laughs> and he gets stabbed through the heart with the spiky dinosaur, the Freddy Krugosaurus. Oh wait, Julianne Moore and and Vince Vaughn and the all the other groups could have been on another adventure on the island, and they all just team up. They just it's randomly like the, walk into each other. It's like in Shaun of the Dead when the two groups cross paths. Exactly, yeah, you have the mirror groups. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, like, oh, hey, they're on their own adventure. Though. Vince Vaughn has a bolt cutter. They get wiped out on another mission. <laughs> Julianne Moore's camera's making tons of noise, and then they just sort of high-five each other, and, and then they go the other way. Okay, so outside the what-ifs, let's get – so we talked about the, the newer world characters. How about the return of uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum? I mean, Ian Malcolm – He's hilarious in this. When he says, you made a promise to a dinosaur. Uh, he's <laughs> a dinosaur in your the, the thing that annoyed me is that Ian Malcolm has multiple moments where you think he might be sacrificing himself. But because that you made a promise with the dinosaur scene has not happened yet, I'm like, well, he's going to live. <laughs> like, I'm never concerned <laughs> with Ian Malcolm's life. <laughs> I mean, I, I hadn't seen the trailer, so I didn't know that moment was coming. And Fair I still enough. had no fear that he was going to pass. Because it, it just felt it felt like they wouldn't do that. To any of the our heroic characters, and they didn't. I mean, uh, Star Wars went gone, gone ahead and just killed all of our heroes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried like about Jurassic was, World. I, I, I can't explain it, but it felt like uh, uh, so they they could die in Star Wars. It, I just got a feeling that like all of these people were fine in in Dominion. No one was going to be carried out. Well, regardless of their stretcher. fate, what do you think of their presence in the film? I think they were great. I mean, I Jeff Gold, Ian Malcolm is a delight. Every every line of dialogue, they're like, oh, we're teetering. I just loved all of it, and um, I, I liked that uh, Ellie. She like takes more of a lead role. Uh, yeah. She's clearly the most capable of the three. <laughs> not not acting wise, they're all perfect acting wise. Uh, but of the characters, she she's very much the kind of gung ho. Let's get this done. I know what I'm doing. I'm taking charge. And I just liked how much of a big kid Alan Grant was. Sure. Like he's he. The, the scenes where the old and the new cast kind of meet, I love those sequences. Just like the characters fanboying over each other. <laughs> oh, you're that guy, you're that guy. And him kind of learning how to train a raptor, like witnessing mm-hmm. raptor training. See, I like that. Be- Beautiful, People I love complain it. about this as if like it's too much nostalgia, or it's too much like, oh, this is just them saying things. But it's like, I he's a he's yeah, a raptor nerd. Like the thing he would be interested in is the guy that trains raptors. That makes sense yeah. to me in the realm of this universe. Again, it's Dino Theme Park 6. Like, I can't... Like, the, the idea of trying to ground this in something that makes more sense is beyond me. But in terms of what a movie like this can deliver, I I want to see the guys that are both raptor-obsessed interact with each other. I wish they interacted more. They, like, that's really the only like line they have that they share with each other. They're in scenes together. They don't really talk much after that. Yeah, they don't really meet until like an hour and a half into the film. So. But even after they meet, like, the, the, yeah, there's the whole, like, training like the like the, um, the triangulating raptor scene oh yeah they, they don't talk to each other really like mm-hmm. it's more about just they're just there uh with clone girl um i have a lot of problems with the film clone girl with a problem with the film. Well, let's get, let's get back to that in a second real quick before we wrap up on the on the characters i just want to talk about campbell scott for a second because uh, he comes in as dodson dodson we got dodson here and um, <laughs> nobody cares i <laughs> um for one thing, I like I remember that when when he came on screen, I was like, oh yeah, Campbell Scott was cast in this role. I remember that from like years ago, which reminded me of how long this movie's been in production. Um, but then I, then it, the whole time I'm sitting there watching the thing, I'm like, 
So they, I know that I remember that they recast Dodson with Campbell Scott, and I'm just saying, like, tip of my tongue, why did they recast him beyond Don't just look into beyond it. just Don't the fact it. that like it's not a notable oh. actor from the first time? Like, why would they recast this guy? Like, I knew, I know in my mind, I read something <laughs> once, and it's a reason why, but I can't quite picture it. And so I get out of the theater and I look up the guy that played the original Dodson, and it's the worst possible thing that could yep. have been happening. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, good, good, good call on uh, moving things around there. But regardless. Uh, Campbell Scott. I think he was really fun as as um, uh, Steve Jobs slash yeah. um, Elon Musk slash um, what's the new Apple Lots guy's name? Um, what's the new Apple's guy's name? Uh, oh, uh, um, I don't know. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> and he does enough weirdness. There's enough. Yeah, he's got a lot of. He's, he's like all those guys plus like mustache twirling, and it's like okay, <laughs> I enjoyed this take. Uh, this character, it's it's. I enjoyed it. You guys like Tim Cook. Half Tim, of the world, you, yeah. half of the world is being destroyed. Our crops. He's like, oh, that's fine. Like, it, it, you know, the problem went wrong. It's cool. We'll move on. Our crops are fine. No one will ever come back to us on that. And but he, yeah, I love how we just brush that off. And, and he's always eating. With, he's always snacking yeah. on something. He's putting. Oh, the nuts. He's Brad Pitting. <laughs> oh, he's Brad Pitting. <laughs> and his first interaction with Ramsey too, like the way he deals with him, mm-hmm. it's um. He made some choices in this movie, and I kind of enjoyed it. There's enough, uh, I don't know, megalomaniac in there, but enough kind of weirdo to make like, it he's work. He's a Bond villain. He has a lot. He's a Bond yeah, lair. Yeah, like exactly. I enjoyed all that because it's like this is so. This is such a choice of like the villains in the Jurassic franchise. Like this is probably my favorite villain. Um, I don't know if like how hard that list goes. Nedry. Like is he like? A, I mean, he's like an asshole. Like it's hard to be yeah. like. <laughs> he causes problems. I feel like I guess it's like a villain as far as the person that's deliberately against the the protagonists. Like Nedry's more of like everything that happens is like a causation of his bullshit. He's an opportunist. Yeah, yeah. like okay. where where he where Campbell Scott's like I'm the bad guy. I'm 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 I want to get rid of these other people. Same with, yeah, Ted, same, it, with same with Ted Levine and Rafe's Paul. <laughs> it depends on where you put uh, Pete Poffel's weight. Uh, Pop, in... No, possibly it's the he's he's Possible. he's fine. It's the other guy. Yeah. The the. John Hammond's nephew uh, or whatever. Peter Ludlow. Well, yeah, the the yeah. Ingen corporate head guy. Like that yeah, guy sucks. Now you're John Hammond. That guy yeah. sucks. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, no, he's definitely like, listen. He didn't have race. Race Ball's accent in Fallen Kingdom was one of the chewiest things I've ever heard. <laughs> so I uh, he didn't wasn't doing that. So he automatically gets a a win in my book on this, but. I don't know. I think it could have been so one note, but he added so much weirdness in it. And yeah. since he's a good actor, it felt somewhat organic. Sometimes when people do these twitchy roles, you just mm-hmm. I, I, this is this is not genuine. But it there's enough there to to and then like what well, helps that he's Campbell Scott. He's not like you know a huge actor. He's just like he's a mm-hmm. solid character actor. So it's not like there's a lot of weight yeah. associated with him to begin with. Like if Sean Penn oh, yeah. came in and did this, I was like, why is Sean <laughs> Penn doing this? Like it's a choice that he's deliberately making. Where this is like. Okay, that's a that's a that's a way to go with something like this. That's a much worse performance as we, well. <laughs> we just watched Sean Penn eat pistachios for a half hour on screen. Like, <laughs> so, you know, without remorse, there's a lot of pistachio eating. Just want to get that out there. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about. Isn't that uh, how like Ben Stiller finds him in that film where he's trying to find Sean Penn? I can't remember the name of. He just finds oh, the, the, the secret world of Walter Mitty. Um, that's the one. Well, yeah. he, he finds him from just good uh, photojournalism. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a train of possession us around the world. He just plays it. Let's talk about Clone Girl. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> man. We have uh, Maisie Lockwood, who's back, played by Isabel Sermon. Um, <laughs> call her clone girl. But like, so, um, I imagine, Jay, this was not your favorite part of Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I, I mean, it was terrible then. Uh, apparently, ever since the first Jurassic Park film, people would be like, oh, what, can we clone humans? And I'd never heard that request ever but, uh, anywhere, and I didn't need it in that film. I was kind of hoping she would have died of clone disease between films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just move on and never mention it again uh, instead of making her the, clone? <laughs> the Maltese Falcon of the film. <laughs> I, You know, I'll say this about the, the idea of how it's like, well, if they're cloning dinosaurs, it I mean, it's not like it's a leap to be like, they could do this on humans, too. I just wish that the choice, like, had more weight in yeah. that film, as opposed to being like, by the way, <laughs> this wacky, John's, uh, was he his partner? Um, he, yes. Uh, uh, his, uh, his un- James Cromwell is his unknown James partner Cromwell, up until this yeah. point. Uh, he was like, <laughs> boy, wasn't that a weird choice we made? I know, right? Try to make his daughter again? That's crazy. Instead of like, now we're really crossing ethical boundaries, and we should probably discuss this more, as opposed to throwing it in at the last second. So this movie, I will say this. For one thing, like, she's fine. Like, I just young actress. I didn't think she was that great I, for I, the first half. I don't, I don't have any, she... I'm saying I don't have any strong opinions about her. Like, I don't think okay. she does anything egregious. I don't nah, think she kid does actor, second credit, right? So, I, I mean, well, yeah, it's coming from a franchise from Spielberg who's famously great with kid actors, so it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, she is better than some of the previous kid actors in the franchise. But I... I it, it's more... I, I Okay, I will say this about it. Mark knows what I'm talking about. I... <laughs> Jay. I, um... I like that they try to give, like, more to it they add like some context that in turn allows bd wong to have like a really good acting scene where he can like explain mm-hmm. things as opposed to just being like nefarious bd wong he gets more humanity in this film um i given those movies two hours and two and a half hours yeah this is probably stuff that we didn't need <laughs> but but uh, they try to give some weight to it compared to the previous film which is like okay i can appreciate that if you're a director and you get handed a clone child <laughs> And you, you're, you're just you're well, he didn't write yourself. It. I mean, he wrote the last oh, yeah, one, so it's true. like it's it's, it's it's his own thing. <laughs> I cornered myself. Um, you, you can fix your own problems. Yeah, you can and just... so, like the explanation with the mom, you probably do want this kid because her stuff genetic, her DNA was altered, and that can kill the killer locusts that are just <laughs> a nightmare. And I mean, so at least it something happens with it. So when I think about it, it's like, okay, they wanted her to do that because of this. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, the movie is two and a half hours long. But I like that they kept Clone Kid in. I don't like it when they introduce something like, this doesn't work. Just jettison it. I feel like that's such... I don't know. I, I, I like that they actually act, actively tried to make a clone child work. Clone Kid. And they didn't give her clone disease. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> Well, I still think that would be fine. It provides relatable stakes as far as, like, you have a child that's been taken along with, yeah. a, along with a young dinosaur, and they got to get the child back. Like, it's a really straight-up easy premise to, like, get you behind as far as, like, yeah, they need to get their daughter back. Cool. Got it. Um, I mean, I would have preferred it if they did all this just to save Baby Raptor. It's, like, well, it's because the marketing yeah. hides that. The marketing makes you think it is just about saving Baby Raptor, which is actually pretty funny. Uh, that said, Blue, the raptor, pretty much sidelined in this movie which surprised me I, unforgivable i, I, I don't know what the this trilogy i don't know what the solution is to that except for blue just rides a prat everywhere he goes i guess <laughs> but, 
would have been tricky yeah with the three of us it's like it's not just claire and, and owen it's like blue come on you're coming with they get in the jeep sitting in first class like oh i want the the, the, the fish actually <laughs> the the raptor somehow survives the plane crash or yeah. gets ejected out with claire and so she's he, alone he, with he the yells, blue you gotta pull this cord um... <laughs> has that little neck thing like uh chain tatum in the lost city around it yeah, exactly Except he's stuck to a chair for a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I it's not that, like, <laughs> there's not a movie that works where Blue is, like, hanging out with the cast the whole time. No. But it is weird that, because I do think the movie's, the, the trill. I asked this to Abe last week, as far as Blue's relevance in the series, because I think Blue is, you know, for kids, like, the kids like dinosaurs, obviously. Um, and Blue is a representation of this series of films, right? I, I've seen kids dress as Blue specifically. So, it, you know, this is the final entry. Blue's in the movie, and the fact that I'm saying Blue so much as if this is an important character with real depth is something, but the fa- they do knock her away for a good chunk of the film. It's like, ah, well, that's something. I, that's weird. It's, we're not seeing basically one of the key franchise stars of this film. Now I know why she that's didn't a... get a. Now I know why she didn't get a character coaster. <laughs> <laughs> So that's like a great point, though. No, you're right, though, because it would be on the plane. Then Blue would have to crash. I guess they could have kidnapped Blue, and then Blue gets on the island as well. But that... How... Yeah, that could have worked. I want your story, Aaron, where it's on a plane, it's in the Jeep. Yeah, it's in the motorcycle chase. It's on the, it's on yeah. the walkie-talkie. Oh, maybe at the airfield! In my version, Blue talks, apparently. That's just how it goes for me. Actually, he's saying he's saying it a raptor, it... but but Owen's it's four years, so Owen has mastered raptor noises now. So, so, so when blue, so when blue speaks, there's subtitles on the screen. Oh, <laughs> what's blue saying? Oh, he wants the club with bacon. Yeah, and then when Grant meets it, it's like, oh, I got this, and he starts blowing the horn that they got that they 3D printed. Oh, for just about three. Yeah, no, I, I speak, speak the raptor for like 14 years now. I got it under control. Oh, oh man. That'd be great. And then Sam Neill tries to understand later on. Oh, gosh. I mean, given what we're describing, this is a parallel people wanted since they had so little dinosaurs in their version of the film that they saw. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we're getting wrong in all of this. So, you you know, it's interesting. You you made a great point before when I I was kind of annoyed about what critics were saying about a film. And you're like, well, what do you think? So I've been trying to, like, stay away a lot from the the criticism of this movie because it's like, I like it. So it's cool. But I also like to understand criticism for it. But, yeah, like people are actively saying that there's not enough dinosaurs in this movie is that true yes is that what you're... I, i've read several reviews from a mix of reviewers that i generally read and just in general just because the scores on this are fairly low and while there are certainly legitimate criticisms and there's certainly critics that uh, i respect that have written things that make plenty of sense to me there's also like a set that just feel like they want to find problems with this movie and to the point of almost making up problems like having not enough dinosaurs in a movie that has wall-to-wall dinosaurs in it my, my guess would be maybe they think there's too much time spent on the corporate espionage locust plot the monsanto oh, I, yeah I, I mean that's that's the thing to focus on as far as what an issue is of this film and i don't disagree as far as fallen kingdom sets up a universe where dinosaurs and people have to coexist i yeah. get what that appeal is i'm not a writer to that in that degree i'm not a screenwriter so i don't i don't know what story i would write differently that would be just non-stop people and dinosaurs being in the world together like i get why you would have to contain this eventually to a single location but like but but the fact that the main threat is not dinosaurs eating crops i guess instead it's locusts or i don't know whatever kind of biological challenge that you could 
put in place of locusts, but I can see where that's an issue. That said, the locusts are creepy. Like and they are, they are, and they are technically locusts. like yeah. they are dinosaur locusts. <laughs> like they just because they're not mm-hmm. like lizard-like doesn't mean they're not some form of dinosaur. I mean that's kind of the idea, right? That they've like used dinosaur genes to make these locusts. Yeah, or yeah, you know, they've brought back some kind of prehistoric locust. They found the DNA of in a mosquito. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if, if they had programmed dinosaurs, if, was, if they programmed hordes of compies to come out and rip out uh, the, the corn crops, then better film? I don't know. <laughs> humans won't coexist with dinosaurs. Like, humans can't coexist with Canadian geese. You know, people, <laughs> people, people can't coexist with each other. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's very true. Like, I, I, you live it, like, you see poor deer in, in the suburb just getting whacked. But then they're like, humans, compies? They're, you know how invasive they're going to be towards local duck and uh, populations? Like, they're, they're just gonna, like, it's like the pythons in the Everglades, like, just really being invasive out there. It's going to, it's not, like, they tried to make it seem idealistic. They showed the Mosasaurus swimming with whales. Uh, I'm not a Mosasaurus expert, you know. Um, There's gonna be at least one fewer whale a few yeah. seconds after that scene was shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I but mean, yeah, you, you say that, but it's like they're... stupid. There's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. it, it could have uh, just, you know, there's <laughs> I just... there are whales. I mean, it could have <laughs> already eaten another whale. And I was just like, yeah, I'm content. Circle of life. You know, we, sometimes we hang out with each other, no problem. <laughs> or maybe just does, or maybe just doesn't like whale. I mean, whale's a lot of blubber. You know, Mosasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe trying to lose weight, you know. You can't just yeah. eat whale all the time. Sometimes you just gotta bite on a metal cage full of fish in the sea somewhere. <laughs> and I guess whale fall, if it doesn't eat all the whale, whale fall is actually very valuable on the, the ocean floor. I'm so looking I forward to. Of... I'm looking forward to Roland Emmerich's whale fall, by the way. Oh my gosh, Patrick Wilson, a whole whale. Patrick Wilson, Holly Berry, the kid from Game of Thrones. Yeah, this bring is... them back. Whale fall. And combine it with Aquaman, you got two Patrick Wills. You got Orm and you got Dr. Spaceman or whatever he is in Moonfall. <laughs> uh, and then put <laughs> ghosts involved. We have Insidious. Yeah. Oh, Conjuring, too. Yeah. All four. The Patrick Wilson. Stay, and then young adult. He stay, can just see stay, a slub staying, selling Staying him. back on track. Um, <laughs> as far as the dinosaurs. The PW, as, uh, CU. as far as the dinosaurs go in this movie. I am curious. I mean, they they give us a scene of like a brachiosaur or whatever dinosaur they want to say it is this time. I just the long neck. Thank you. They give us a long neck um, that's in the for one thing in the snow, which is unique for the franchise. Uh, but like the scene where it's a lot about chasing. It's not about eating or threats. It's about construction workers being like, we got to stop. Uh, there's a, a patasaurus hanging out. We kind of need to get it away. And that's a scene I really like uh, because it's one of the very few moments in this film that she wants to like go for a sense of wonder. And Chris, did you guys find like that scene or any other scenes like have that sense of like remember when dinosaurs were just special just because they were? Oh, that, I, was, I, that was a sensitive scene. You're right. That's a good call. Yeah, I, I feel like there was less of a sense of wonder to them just because just the this is the these. sixth one. Yeah. We've seen this before, and then but even in in the world, like dinosaurs have become almost commonplace. So that sense of wonder, they, the characters in it would be feeling it less as well. So even then, or not. but then, but then when, uh-huh. when you've got uh, uh, Ellie and, and Alan arriving at the, the, the park, quote unquote, and they have like, oh, you have a, you have a dreadnoughtus. Because this giant, the, 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 I think it's the biggest land creature ever in history, uh, which is new to them. So they, they still have some kind of a sense of wonder. It doesn't, it doesn't quite pay off as well, just because we've seen these effects before. They're all great. You know, at, at this point, I'm watching it. I, I kind of forget these dinosaurs aren't real. They just all look perfect. It looks so impressive, but but it's just not as impressive anymore. 
I, I mean, I don't disagree with you as far as we got this as well as, you know, every week we have a blockbuster that has fantastical special effects. So it's like, yeah, the Spielberg did something special in 93 as far as not only is he giving you dinosaurs, but he giving, he's giving you full CG creations that only to occupy 15 minutes of the film. Um, that is unique for its time. There's not a lot of movies like that. And even in the 90s in general, the biggest films were like the occasional Bond film and the occasional Batman movie and Jurassic Park. Like there wasn't a lot else that you could really go with that creates that kind of wonder. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be hard for the sixth version of this to do that. But I yeah, like it's for like a scene like that. I appreciate it. And a scene like the Malta chase where it's like finding something new to do with dinosaurs. You know, motorcycle chase and a truck chase leading to an exciting airport escape. Um, yeah, I, that's that's doing the job for me. Not wonder necessarily, but certainly excitement presented in a way that I don't get elsewhere. Like yeah, this is the the, yeah. the to credit to this, it's the only dinosaur franchise we have. You know, we have multiple superhero franchises, we have multiple animated franchises, we have multiple lots of spectacle kind of franchises. There's no other dinosaur franchise that we go. I get like maybe MonsterVerse to an extent, but that's monsters, guys. That's Godzilla. That's different. When, when there were the rumors that the Fast and Furious franchise were gonna uh, kind of merge into Jurassic World franchise, I saw something. This isn't my tweet, but I saw somebody tweet about how well that wasn't gonna happen. You can put dinosaurs in any franchise. They're not like they're they're public domain. You can just put them in anything. So it's up to all these franchise makers to not do that. That just makes me <laughs> sad. Like all these people could be putting dinosaurs in their films and aren't. We could be having, like, franchise. dinosaurs in the Terminator franchise. Or, like, instead of going back to uh, wherever it is that Prey go back to, we could have Predator versus Dinosaurs. And we haven't got this. Mm. Why? I want to see Raptors versus Predators. Give Deep me. Blue C4. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I do like the action scene, though, when they drives the bike in the airplane, and then the airplane, the bike flies back out Incredible. and it hits the... Loved it so much. Uh, uh, the atro- what was... Um, Atrociraptor. I have all their oh yeah the Atrociraptor when it comes back and hit that's a good setup that's a good action scene I, I I just think I bet the dinosaurs wish that people looked at them the way they do they the way they look at Goldblum when he's lecturing because did you see everyone in that classroom watching him uh-huh. they were wrapped yeah compare they that were, to they were when Alan's given his <laughs> uh, giving uh, giving his presentation they were all on their phones and he gets interrupted halfway through. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the most wonder was looking at Goldblum in this yeah. film. I do like that Goldblum is, like, in on his own joke at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, it very much wants to acknowledge that Goldblum is, like, this rock star guy, but he's saying constant chaos theory <laughs> that's ridiculous, uh, and, like, monologuing in certain ways. And even, like, he, you know, gets told to button up his shirt at one point. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, let's, let's scale it down here at this point. Um. And it wasn't exploitative. Sometimes when you really try to, what, not, I think they understood the gold bloom of it all really well in this movie. It could have been a lot worse and never felt like they were sort of exploiting, exploitating his quirks. Uh, that's, if that yeah, makes I, sense. Like he did the way they do to cage sometimes. I can, no, I can see that. Like he's also like, he's less present than Sattler and Grant. And I think that's, I mean, I think that helps as far as, the way he interacts with the rest of the cast, it's to, it's not minimizing him, but it's certainly like you get a good amount of him without like overdoing his kind of his deal in this whole thing, which I, I think works because uh, it's still like he's still a highlight without feeling like he's going overboard or, you know, making him devoid of everything that makes him work by patting him in the Lost World in the lead role. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, he's used well here. Um, 
let's see. I had a question <laughs> about um, uh, Trevorrow, the Trevorrow of it all. Um, oh. He was notably taken off of Star Wars Episode Nine um, early on in that process, following, following well, following the death of Carrie Fisher. Um, and oh, I think it was following the release of the Book of Henry. <laughs> that was an aspect of it as well, but like there was a script and it had come a out. A film I don't hate. Um, could be better. There was a script that came out as far as what his version of um, Episode Nine would have been, Duel of the Fates. Um, and I, I am curious. Now we've seen Jurassic World Dominion, which is another third parter, and in my mind feels very. Um, I, I can't think it's not on his mind as far as what Star Wars Nine could have been and how that reflects what he's doing in this movie. Uh, but I'm curious now that you've seen like this movie, let alone you know Trevorrow's work in general. Do you think there? Do you think there's a significant difference in what he could have offered in a final Star Wars movie? He would he he wouldn't have been like, oh like I think J.J. Abrams was so obsessed with like he made his movie Ryan Ryan Johnson made a movie and was like f your couch like it always I always think about Dave Chappelle when I watch Last Jedi like just what Rick James stomping on the couch like saying f your couch to J.J. Abrams and then J.J. comes back and fixes the helmet and makes it just a bonkers film like I would have rather seen Trevorrow make yeah. his because I feel like it was Abrams trying to get fix back everything that that Johnson did. I don't think Trevorrow would have done that. So I would, I would have watched that star Wars. I think it'd be better than rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Like, like think. he, he made it work with the clone kid. He would have, uh, <laughs> taken what had been established in, uh, the, the last Jedi and tried to make it work. Yeah. Not taking it of, personally. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I don't hate the rise of Skywalker, but I agree that it has its flaws and could be a better film. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Babu Frick is the best though. Babu oh, Frick. Ah, Babu, Babu Frick. Babu Frick innocent. Um, but that <laughs> that movie to me is is not good. It's not like it's not a war crime, but it's just <laughs> in the realm of Star Wars. J.J. <laughs> Abrams, I knew from the start was he, he's not a closer. He's an opener. Um, yeah. So it's uh, and it reflects in this movie. Yeah, it just has lost. Uh, so I we'll never know what Trevorrow's version would have been, and that and I don't know if Trevorrow is a better director than J.J. Abrams, but I do based on the script. There at least were ideas there that I found to be interesting. And scripts change, you know, things change during production or what have you. Just, so, watching this movie, I I would imagine there's like something competent at the very least, and whether or not it capitalized off of the ideas that he was going for from a writing standpoint, that that at least seemed like a a better conceit than what that movie was. I don't want to talk too much yeah. about Rise of Skywalker, but that's just just the thought it was a question worth asking. It wouldn't have been personal, like Jay said. Like, he wouldn't have been cleaning off his couch like Abrams was. So he would have made his own movie without mm-hmm. feeling personally attacked. Is what I think. So yeah, that's fair. Have been good. Any other thoughts? With swimming, on, huh? chicken, swimming dinosaurs. Swimming chicken dinosaurs. Any other thoughts on Jurassic World uh, Dominion? Uh, I like the big flying guy, Quetzalcoatlus. <laughs> uh, I, I liked all the new yeah. dinosaurs. To be honest, they were fun. Quetz, was it Quetzalcoatlus? Quetzalcoatlus. Something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Quetz, that thing's cool. I yeah, loved it. Huge. Yeah, it looked good. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked enough about how adorable the little baby beta raptor was. I want one. Thank you. Beta. The little, the little, the little yeah. triceratops being taken out of the black market place when they were just lifting them out of bins. It was adorable. The black market certainly seems like they like fodder for a spinoff series. Like that whole yeah. Section. Yeah, that felt like, like the kind of the cantina scene of this film. Of just everything going on in the background. 
Uh, and, you know, there's a character in that who seems to be pretty integral when she survived. Uh, so that's right for a spin-off. Jurassic World, colon, Black Market. <laughs> Black Market, colon. Cash, yeah. The Rise of Blue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, sorry. No, you're fine. No, <laughs> I think we've uh, talked plenty about Jurassic. I guess here's my last question. We'll go real quick. Where, where does this go next? I, I don't think they're going to make another one of these right that quickly. It's still going to be no. a money maker though, and it's not like Universal's like, yeah, that's enough. Where, where, where do you think this goes next? I don't, I don't want to answer now. That's a feedback question. I just want you to keep that in your mind. Uh, as far okay. As where, where this is going to go in the future. Uh, but for now, when should people go and see Jurassic Park, Domin- Jurassic World Dominion? It's currently in theaters and IMAX all over the place. What, when should people be seeing this movie? Now. Swimming Chicken yeah. Dinosaur on a big screen. I, I think it's worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I, I like, I'm not, like, over the moon, but it's like, it's it's our big dinosaur franchise, and it's shot in a way where I do think it's more beneficial to see it on a big screen. I think, the like you mentioned, with the 2.0, uh, aspect ratio, like, I think these movies play better in theaters. Jurassic World plays better in a theater than on my TV. And I have a big TV, guys. So, I mean, it's like, it's nice <laughs> to have a theater where you can see these dinosaurs. And this movie, as long as it might be, I, it, I, I'm never bored by what's happening. And I had a good time. Absolutely. I did slink into my chair a couple moments. But other than that, it was just put a bit... I mean, but isn't that what these blockbusters are supposed to do? Just put a smile on your face? And that's what it does. Yeah, it's, I, I can't understand how you could watch this and not have fun. I agree. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, we've talked a lot about Jurassic World Dominion. Let's move on now. Let's move on to uh, what time is it over here? I think it's uh, I think it's time for some games. Is that the sound of locusts I hear? <laughs> Yes, that was the original. <laughs> that was the original sound that the locusts make when they were more a cyborg. When they were cyborg enhanced locusts, and then they changed it. Um, that is, of course, the improv theme for games. And I have a couple games for you guys this week. The first game, this is fun. It's called Name That Dinosaur. What I have is a Keith. what I have is a list of some of the oldest actors still alive and still working, <laughs> and I'm going to name some okay. of their films going from obscure to less obscure, and you have to tell oh, me dear. which actor I am referring to. This is not going to be good. We'll see. I think this will be fun. <laughs> but here's, if you think you know the answer, buzz it with your name. Here's the I, first I one. Not. I'm just going to name some movies. Winter's Tale. Superman Returns. Grand Prix. Jay. Jay? Ava Marie Saint? It is Ava Marie Saint, who is 97 oh. years old. One for Jay on the board. I also had On the Waterfront and North by Northwest. Here's the next one. The Prince of Egypt. Robots. The Little Rascals. Life Stinks. To Be or Not to Be. Mm. Hotel Transylvania. Oh, Mark. 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 Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, who is 95 uh, years old. Okay. I almost said, who is Mel Brooks? <laughs> Lamperty Lamper rules. Me. Yeah, you, I guess, you played yeah. Lamperty last week. Yeah. High score. I, in, oh, can I say? What? No. No. Oh, oh okay, good. Here, here's the next one. Anastasia. The Grinch. 
Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mary Poppins Returns. Jay. Mar. Oh. Jay. Dick Van Dyke? Incorrect. Okay. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Jay. You're all you already went. Oh, yeah. Man. She's an Aquaman. The too. Manchurian Candidate. Beauty and Dude. the Beast. She's Wait. not an Aquaman. Wait, no, Angela Lansbury? That is correct. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey. One or the other. I should have waited for one more film. Yeah. Here's the next one. Angela Lansbury? Wow, Angela 96. Lansbury. Here's the next one. Sherlock Gnomes. R.I.P.D. Oh, the wow. Day the Earth Stood Still. Bloodsport 2. That's specifically for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Balls of Fury. Oh, Here, Mark. 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 James Wong. What was that? James Wong. Incorrect. Hero. Kung Fu Panda 3. J. J. James Hong. Hong is the correct name. Hong. Oh, yeah. I had to wait for more films just to be sure it was the right person. Oh, I can't believe I said that wrong. That's a really bad look. 93. You're fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. We've been talking about BD Wong. Yeah. It's in there. And Benedict. Yeah. Yeah. Come he was on. at a lot of the Comic Cons I worked, James Hong. He was great. Never stood behind his desk what? or his well, tables. He always got up front and danced. Well, this has fortunately worked out well. You're tied two to two, and I have one more. Ooh. Here's the last one Breezy, Joe Kidd, Tarantula, Bronco Jay. Billy. Jay? Clint Eastwood? It is Clint Eastwood. Oh, 92 nice. years old. Got that from Tarantula or nothing else. I, I, I wavered if I should put that earlier or later in the thing. <laughs> Tightrope, City Heat, Pink Cadillac, Casper. I thought that'd be a fun one to throw in there. Um, White Hunter, Blackheart, Firefox, The Gauntlet, Any Which Way You Can, Pale Rider, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Bloodwork, Trouble with the Curve. Uh, Jay, you won that game. Right. Name that dinosaur. So good job. Here's the next game. This one's fun, too. <laughs> okay. This one's called Bingo Dino DNA. I am going to describe you know what <laughs> I'm just going to read what I have and you have to figure out what I'm going for as we go through this I think this will be pretty self-explanatory um, okay but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's gonna involve naming films and you buzzing in again okay and there these are all related to people in Jurassic movies okay the father of this star has involved himself in films such as American Graffiti, Cocoon, Splash. Jay. Mark. Yes? Who? We both oh, sorry. Um, I think Jay. I heard Jay. It. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, whose father is Ron Howard. Yes. Here's the next one. The father of this star has appeared in Nebraska, The Burbs. Mark. Hateful Mark. Oh, Bruce Stern. The father of Jay. The Oh, oh, Jay. Wait. No, let him, ha- let him have that one. Okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> wait, Jay, you went first? No. No, no you, you buzzed in. For, I, you, you knew what the answer was. You just didn't know what the question was. Okay. Oh. Who um, was it, Laura Dern? Laura Dern, yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay, got it. Here we go. Here's the next one. The father of this star has appeared in Mr. Turner, Sweeney Todd, Secrets and Lies, and many Harry Potter films. Mark. Mark. Oh, damn it. Rafe. Spall. That is correct. Rafe Spall, son of Timothy Spall. <laughs> Here's the next one. The father of this star has appeared in Patton, The Hustler, The Changeling, Doctor Strangelove. 
Oh gosh, I know who that is, but I don't know. Uh, the fuck? Who who? Uh, who's that? Who who would be the kid? Who's the father? I'm just who's asking. This? Who's the father? Jerry Springer. <laughs> uh, Wait. Oh, so uh, name the actor that you just mentioned? I, well, that's not the answer to this question. I'm just trying to help you. Who's the father oh. that I'm referring to? Well, George C. Scott. Okay. So who? Jay. Yep. Jay. Campbell Scott. Campbell Scott is the correct answer. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know who the father was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor Strangelove. That's an all timer. Uh-huh. I couldn't I mean, think of who, who else was it. I couldn't think of any. Like, yeah, I couldn't think. It. Okay. I know. But, I know that well. Not not being able to think. That works. To be fair, I feel like I knew that and then forgot, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Campbell Scott's the son of George C. Scott. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I didn't. I didn't. I just yeah. I mean, a white guy did with the last name Scott is the most unique thing yeah. in the world, so it's not something I assumed. <laughs> I'm gonna buzz in and say Justice Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. Uh, a relative of this star has involved himself in things such as Natural World, Wildlife on One, The Blue Planet. Jay. Yes. Oh, Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough is the correct answer. Brother of yeah. David Attenborough, one of the many in the Attenborough clan. <laughs> yes, the P.F. Tolkien's character as well. Yes. <laughs> well, Jay, another close game. You guys were tied, but Jay, you won this one. Bingo, Dino DNA. Hey, congrats. Dino DNA. Good job. <laughs> another, by the way, another yeah, fun game. The person that fun did games. the voice of that. Also embroiled in terrible things um, and is uh, now yep. dead. Never look up things. <laughs> yeah. Is the role of the has, has since passed away. <laughs> but okay, well, though, that was fun. Let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you, Jay. And uh, I'm going to go over some various questions and answers on Facebook. I feel like I'm always on when, when Abe's not here. <laughs> like, half the times I've been on the show is when Abe's not here, and I've kind of filled in that role. It, it helps. <laughs> it, it does. Uh, but I have some questions here on, from the uh, the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash podcast. We have some number of questions of the listeners. They get some answers. And we got a question that we can answer as well. But here we go. First question we have here. And, of course, Mark and Jay, feel free to throw in when you have any thoughts. How would you embrace living with dinosaurs? Luke Thompson, friend of the show, says, I wouldn't, but I would full well, I, I know full well my wife would insist we get a pet Tyrannosaurus and name it Bitey. Uh, Chris writes, barbecue. And uh, <laughs> Philip writes, no thanks, guys. I'm a mailman. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, my wife and I go out on a lot of dog walks and we'll often see like a, a herd of cows. And so she'll then go and try and make friends with the cows. I can see that happening, but with Triceratops and Stegosaurus, that kind of thing. And I would eventually be uh, mauled in a stampede, is how I, th- I feel like that would end. What a, what a pessimistic <laughs> look at the life of the clones. I mean, of dinosaurs. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys have already heard my story. I'm eating. I'm, I'm toast. I'm done. <laughs> but, but via the pet that you obtain. Yeah. And I yeah. try to raise... And I just don't. Yeah. (laughs) Just blood everywhere. And then it eats my tiger shark. Which. What? What a great headline. Pyroraptor eats man, then devours his tiger shark. That's a headline. (laughs) Um. I don't know what the solution would would be embracing living with dinosaurs. I mean, I'd take less scooter rides, that's for sure. (laughs) I, I, I cycle to work. Uh, that will be fun. <laughs> and you don't go into any video stores like David Kep in the yeah. second. Doesn't he get eaten he, by a blockbuster? He does outside of a blockbuster, yeah. Unlucky Bastard is his credit? Yep. 
All right, next question we have here. What's your favorite type of dinosaur? Chris writes Stegosaurus and obviously the T-Rex. Philip writes whatever Totoro is. <laughs> okay. Uh, my, uh, mine's always been a compi uh, from the Lost World. I love the little guys. Uh, they're just... The, uh, the Peter Stormer death in the, in the Lost World is maybe my favorite in the franchise, just being ripped apart by these little chickens. Uh. <laughs> Megalodon. You like the... Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Meg. That's what you're... That's your favorite yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no Statham in it. I've um, I've always been a Stegosaurus guy. That's That's been my... My favorite, although I really like that Mosasaurus. I like it. I like his attitude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not. He, he's only bothering people he's eating. Mm-hmm. He just not, not. He knows there's no real threat to him. He's just gonna, her, I guess, just kind of swimming around. Yeah. How many great out. whites do they feed that thing though in Jurassic World? Three a day. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, how how many like are they cloning these great white sharks? I mean, I, they have, I'd have to assume they are, right? <laughs> That just makes sense to How me. How expensive? Like, just give it a cow. Cows can't swim. <laughs> just drop it into its mouth. I'm like, sorry. Does that shark appear to be swimming to you? Hanging up in the air? Jay, you're asking the wrong questions here. <laughs> <laughs> Mosasaur doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt. They're genetically modifying great white sharks to feed to a Mosasaurid. As a side effect, the that's, shark's, that's shark's like got me. smarter. <laughs> Not too smart, though. They're still caught. <laughs> But they, if they're doing that, they should do it like like Oakja and make like a really fat great white to like feed it more. Mmm. Maybe they just pack it with nutrients. So it's yeah. like you're still getting what they're still getting what it needs out of it, even if it doesn't have as much body <laughs> dimension on it. It's a vitamin shark. Yeah. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Somebody tries to free all these sharks and it jumps out of the water, free willy sounds, eats the person who's like, Yeah, I freed it. It's like a I could see that movie. Well, it's like 28 days later, you know, free, free the apes and then take out most of humanity. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> All right, next question. What franchise would you like to see a combination of older and newer characters in? Philip writes Batman. Deep Blue Sea. Philip Sorry. writes Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Give us some characters from the cos- comics or animated series that have not been in any of the films yet. So Jay, you're saying Deep Blue Sea, you want to bring back? I mean, it, it feels obvious given who your guests are today, and we even on our those, once we finish those classic BBC cast members, Tom Jane and LL Cool J, should be back <laughs> for the next. Uh, one. Along Absolutely. with Doctor Misty Calhoun, Legacy. yeah, uh, Doctor Trent Slater, Aaron Elroy, uh, Emma Collins, <laughs> Joyce Wims, yeah. Maya. Uh, oh, Maya, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with, this was a pitch that we did on one of our, yeah. one of our later episodes. Uh, uh, after we covered DBC 3, chapter by chapter, yeah. I did pitch DBC 4 and 5 uh, as bringing all the characters back for a, a reunion. They set it up easily for a Michael Rappaport reappearance because he already had a goatee in the first one, so just shave that off and he has a twin brother. That leg is still twitching. Just shave it. He has a twin brother right away. Just shave off. You just get, <laughs> yeah, he does. Get him clean shaven, then you're set. He's like, yeah. And then you have. You like, can tell uh, we're different. See, uh, he had a goatee. I don't have a goatee. And Stellan Skarsgård with a goatee yeah. and missing the other arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, his brother's missing an arm? It's a Dr. Connor yeah, situation, yeah. but he's going to inject himself with shark DNA and become half... He's going to become the shark. Oh! <laughs> yes, parrot please. with a goatee. The parrot. <laughs> the parrot. And then there's triplets of Tom Jane. Mm-hmm. All shoes. <laughs> they, they, they all have siblings, yeah. All Tom right. Jane in a, in a wig. They all have yeah. twins. <laughs> all right, next question. What's your favorite Jeff Goldblum role? Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes The Fly. Jordan Grout, friend of the show, writes Independence Day Resurgence, colon, Insurgence. 
no. Um, Forbidden from re- replying to questions ever again. <laughs> Scott uh, writes, um, The Fly. I don't have that power, but I've just used that. Scott writes, The Fly, and though I'm not a big fan of the film, he was great in The Big Chill. Christopher writes, Independence Day. Tall Ken, friend of the show, writes, Clearly playing Ruxin's dad, I saw into his soul. Not good. That's a League reference. Um, Stefan writes, Jurassic Park. Chris writes, The Fly. And Philip writes, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh, he's so good now. I am Igby a fan goes of that. Down. Igby goes down. That's a good one. He's he's threatening in Igby goes down. He beats the crap out of Culkin. Like that's one of his rare yeah. use his size uh-huh. films. And so they already mentioned a ton of good ones. So I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say Igby goes down. Uh I mean I, I like him in the MCU as Grandmaster. Uh, yeah. he's a lot of fun there. It's his birthday. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> melt, the melt stick. I feel like it's gotta be Ian Malcolm. Uh, I, I mean, given who I am and what I love, it's it's him in that. Uh, but also, he forgets his mantra. And anywho, uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> it's the fly for me. It's got to be Seth Brundle. But I mean, he certainly yeah. has plenty of good roles. Uh, what? Oh, and he's good at Silverado as well. Okay. Buckaroo Bonsai. Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, I would say with the pants. Uh, okay. Next question. What's your favorite movie about a about science gone wrong? Chris writes Splice <laughs> and Reanimator. I know where you guys are going. Dwayne writes The yeah. Fly went really wrong. <laughs> Philip writes The Man in the White Suit. What do you guys think is the best movie about science? Well, there's, wrong? there's this film where they try and cure Alzheimer's <laughs> and it doesn't work very well. They, What is the animal in that one? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. How many doors are open? 42? A, a lot of them. And there's this parent, oh, There's a chef. And the sequel... he's religious. What's the lady's name in the sequel? Dr. Misty Calhoun? Yeah, it's Misty. And they, and they go for a goddamn joy swim. <laughs> and then there's bull sharks. There's like baby bull sharks. They have red room and a blue room and a green room and an orange room. Yeah, deep blue sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Okay. Uh, but not the obvious answer. I don't know. Um, Will he count? Like, so you have the science to go up and live in space and... Then they don't really come back I for mean, it. It seems like you're just making an excuse to get say Wally. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't think science I goes wrong. I think science goes pretty right in that movie. It's just everyone just is bad with it. <laughs> I just kind of looked up from my screen and saw my Lego Wally and thought, yeah, that would <laughs> That sounds about <laughs> I mean, Reanimator's a good shout. Yeah. Good old Stuart Gordon, uh-huh. Jeffrey Combs. That's fun, but Deep Blue Sea. And Deep Blue Sea 2. And Deep Back Blue Sea 3. I was going to say, most time travel movies is my answer. The Terminator. <laughs> Um, okay, next question. What should be next for the Jurassic World franchise? Dinos in space? Michael writes, mankind and dinosaurs team up against alien invaders. Uh, Michael rewrites, whatever primal rage was. Uh, Scott writes, Jurassic musical, guys and dinos. Uh, and Michael writes, Jurassic space, duh. Uh, and then we also have one from Mario. He writes, I recall a cartoon or book series in the late 80s where di- humans rode dinosaurs had lasers on our heads. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jurassic West Side Story with the uh, pterosaurs versus the mosasaurs. <laughs> Jets be sharks, the flying and the swimming. Nick, we need an all aquatic based one. The mosasaurus, the swimming dinos. There's a World War II submarine. <laughs> that took a turn, but okay. <laughs> yeah, like uh, in Deep Blue Sea, and they're they're trying to take raptors and to cure Alzheimer's. But the problem is they've made raptors into... They've mixed bull sharks with raptors. That's what it is. Aquatic based. I think we you know, we get Beta and we put him in like a coming-of-age story where he, like, he would get a little jacket and his lunchbox and get sent on to school. <laughs> and he has to deal with being bullied because he's the only dinosaur. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Like a tan, and, like then, and then when he grows up, have like a Tammy and the T Rex thing. Paul, well, no, that's that's really dark. Yeah. Someone's consciousness gets inserted into Beta. Yeah, it can be called Dinos and Confused. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I can see them scaling it back down to more small scale. Like with the Transformers films, they went back to Bumblebee. Uh-huh. As we like, they scaled down. So they could do the make whole a blue movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all about Blue and Beta and mm-hmm. Solid Owen, Clone Girl. I don't know. Um, and just make it look kind of centric about them and their It'd be, it'd be Clone Girl because she doesn't cost like $20 million like Chris Pratt does. So they could just get to just yeah. those three and just make a small movie. He's basically free. Yeah. Go to the center of the Earth, like Journey of the Center of the Earth, and they find like a dinosaur core. habitat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with Stanley Tucci. Exactly. Yeah. And Hillary Swain. Stanley Tucci belongs in a Jurassic movie. I mean, he's in the Transformers films. Yeah. So if he'll he, do anything. If it was made later, he would have been Gennaro in the first Jurassic Park. So. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, well, these days he could be a good Hammond. At this point, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite dinosaur encounter in a Jurassic movie? I mentioned the Peter Stormer one. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's got to be up there. Uh, anything. Muldoon is my favorite character from the franchise. Because um, so of, I, because I, of I, his shorts, right? Yeah. I mean, no one's looked better in shorts than he does. Yeah. In all of history. Accurate. Uh, and, uh, you know, the clever girl is iconic. So I'd have to go with those two. I like when Goldblum's being chased by the raptor in Lost World, and he runs into the room. The raptor jumps through the window, and then Goldblum opens up the door and runs back out. And he looks like, out that's a good bit. <laughs> yeah, some great window gags in that. That is a good bit. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna use. I just like. I just. It's a good gag. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with that one. I mean, uh, the, the the big guy sneezing on the kids. Like God bless you. <laughs> it. You know, I. It's hard to beat the the kitchen. Uh, raptor sneaky scene oh, yeah. to the point of Spielberg's tried multiple times and failed. So it's like clearly he knows where his highlights are, <laughs> and like that's such a great scene uh, that's all suspense, uh, just really well done. Um, the there's that gag where he's looking, you know, he's looking in the reflection of the thing to attract it, and it always works on me as far as that's just it looks great. Like it always. It's like I would see why he'd be confused by it, or she'd be confused by that. Like it, it looks like he's it's actually like in the thing and he's open to get. It. Uh, and then he hits the wall. Uh, and before that, there's some really good Jello work. Oh yeah, great Jello work in that movie. Great on on the spoon. Oh my god, good Jello yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the fear, the fear of the Jello. Um, <laughs> there's that one scene after that where they're like in the vents, right? They're trying to crawl in the vents and. Um, and uh, and the, and the girl's legs like hanging over the thing, and the raptor like almost gets the leg. That's always a good one. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's always right there. And you're like, oh man, you got it. Away. Um, Sorry, uh, Jurassic World: The Fear of the Jello is the next title, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and also Zara. I mean, that's just a that's a Rennie Harlan kill. So you got to give that props. Which one, sir? Yeah. Zara, the baby, the babysitter in Jurassic World. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. That's like Rennie Harlan would have added like a lawnmower, a stapler. And a catapult, but it's still close to what a Harlan kill would be in a Jurassic there, movie. There'd be a cut to inside the Mosasaur where the, the pterosaur is still eating her. Well, this whoa, <laughs> she's getting eaten inside of the yeah, Mosasaur's stomach. It's a real Bubba Fett situation, except that she lives, yeah. she doesn't live, and have her own spin-off series. That's I mean, kind of in the uh, Jurassic Park Lego game. Uh, she is alive in there. I think uh, Nedry is also alive in a dinosaur. <laughs> this is so weird. There's <laughs> a bunch of characters who get eaten by dinosaurs who are just alive inside the dinosaurs. It's like a deleted scene in the Lego games. It's the purgatory. It's inside, <laughs> inside the Mosasaurus. <laughs> uh, 
uh, this leads me to my next question because I, I want to know how would you guys rank this franchise? Hmm. I, I can do I can do it quick if you don't yeah, go if, for it. if you're thinking about it. So I would go Jurassic Park, Deep Blue Sea, Lost World, <laughs> Dominion, Jurassic World, Fall. I I go. I'm not going to put Deep Blue Sea in there because it doesn't feel right. Uh, well, it'll be it'll be after Jurassic Park and before Lost World. So Jurassic Park, Lost World. Jurassic World, uh, uh, Domin- uh, yeah, Dominion, then three, and then Fallen Kingdom. So uh, yeah, I would be at Jurassic Park. I feel like that's a default. Be, I want to hear the defenders yeah. that are like, you know what, Jurassic Park three is where they really got it right. They exist. Uh, <laughs> they, they are out there. Some of them ranked it on the Lamcast. They are insane. No, 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 they didn't. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm calling up my spreadsheet now. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, name and shame these people. Jurassic Park, Jurassic <laughs> World, um, Jurassic World Dominion, then Fallen Kingdom, then three, and then The Lost World because I think it's the only bad movie in this franchise. <laughs> um, so there. Uh, uh, Nick Rehack put The Lost World at number one, followed by Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World, then Jurassic World three. He hadn't seen the rest at that point. Okay. And somebody else who ranked Jurassic Park first, sorry, uh, Jurassic Park three first is my wife. All right. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, there's so many different ways to rank them. I mean, six yeah. movies now. Well, so in that's... terms of, yes, I could move the numbers around, but, like, I don't rank them that way. I have my rank. That's, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, there's 720 ways you can yeah, rank exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're all going to be different, but three in front, I love it. That's daring. That's bold. I, and I that's may have mentioned that in my, in my wedding speech. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got one question. It's from Philip. He writes, what is more unintelligible? Benicio Del Toro in The Usual Suspects, Brad Pitt and Snatch, or when I do the Out Now Quickies intro? <laughs> so thank you. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's um, Brad Pitt and Snatch. So there. Um, I'll flip you. Flip you. Flip you for real. It's a caravan. It's me dog. I mean, wait, wait. Wait, me dog. I, wait, I just sounded Russian. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> for mom his mom dogs dogs jason fleming killing it in the background in those scenes oh yeah uh, <laughs> always does always does. kill it in the background uh that's the end of feedback guys feedback, feedback, feedback. thank you and that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode that's going to do it for this week's out now with aaron and abe you can find more of my work my personal blog the code everything i do ends up over there uh, you can find my written reviews over at We Live Entertainment and WhySoBlue.com. I also write for Variety occasionally, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Mark Hoffmeyer, where can people find more of you online? Yeah, Movie Sons of Flakes, Movie Sons on FLIX.com. Listen to the podcast, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. Uh, I write occasionally for Rotten Tomatoes, and I work on their Versus videos and Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong podcast, so listen to those. And I write for the film theorists. I got a new... I just wrote about Encanto and inbreeding, so you can go listen to that episode. And then I wrote one, okay. <laughs> and then I wrote my third video for the Despicable Me franchise. That those, yeah. So I wrote about that, and then uh, I work on for fandom as well. I pull research for them. I got a fun Tom Cruise video coming out when it hits Paramount. And then also movies films of flakes. Uh, every year since 2010, we do random awards, so we do mid-year random awards. So check out the podcast episode, and hopefully I can get a couple from y'all where we just give random awards to the first half of uh, 2022, oh, the films from that. I will start tooling away at that for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, it's going to be a double for uh, best piggyback scene in movies. So <laughs> I'm that right now. 
I mean, like, yeah, I, it's always a highlight. I love my random award, so pay attention for that. Jay, clue it. Where can people have more of you? Uh, Twitter at LifeVSFilm. I have a personal site called LifeVSFilm.com. Not a lot tends to happen over there, but it's mainly Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, at Deep Blue Sea Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, where we're currently covering Deep Blue Sea adjacent films. Aaron was on for 12 rounds <laughs> ages ago at this point. Uh, the Rennie Harlan film, of course. And oh, Jay, we have something big coming up. We do, we do. I mentioned, I think I mentioned last one's on here, but uh, next month we are releasing a new podcast. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, the pod, started out doing Deep Blue Sea trilogy chapter by chapter. We've done that. So we move on to another film, which is Con Air. Mm-hmm. So Con Air, the podcast, should be out uh, mid-July, I think, is when we're planning on launching that, on Con Air Day, July, July 14th. <laughs> yep. uh, we'll start doing that. We split it up into 40 chapters uh, because we want to talk about Con Air a whole bunch. And so if you want to listen to us talk about Con Air, chapter by chapter, Aaron is going to be on chapter seven or eight, I think, somewhere in that region. Uh, he's picked a very good chapter. Yes, I have. Uh, Ugly All Day. And uh, that, that's going to be a fun time. So look out for Con Air, the podcast, everywhere you find good, terrible, and weird podcasts. Great. Well, very exciting, of course. Um, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now Third Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or Twitter.com slash underscore podcast or Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Uh, next week's show, we will be talking Lightyear, Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jay, Mark, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Swimming chicken dinosaur. Exactly. And glad to have you on as always. But until next time, so long. And goodbye. Run!